All for one family on stage. Their first gig, The Cars. It didn't go in that we could actually be meeting our producer or that this could be a major record year for us. If you feel the emotion in every song, you give across the emotion of the song. You have been a wonderful audience and we will remember this. We will be back. When you're put in a situation where you have to perform, where you have to deliver, no matter what, something happens. That's why we're doing it. We're doing it because we love it. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of CauseCast. We're here talking about a certain tour that may have just happened here in 2023. I don't usually date my episodes for very specific reasons, but we've just ended a tour of many places for the cause, some after 20 plus years now. So we've just had the cause tour Indonesia, the Philippines, Australia, and then just finished up on New Zealand a number of days ago. And I thought it'd be a wonderful occasion to try and bring as many of these different locations together and talk with fans that were at these gigs to bring a flavor of what it was like to get an understanding of what it was like. For some of these guests, it would have been their first time seeing the band perform live. Some of them, maybe a few more than that under their belt. But each of these time zones and each of these guests have a different story to tell. And it's one that I can't wait to hear more about and share as we go towards this episode, the second special episode of the season so far. I'm particularly proud that I have seven individuals in this room, which are fans, fine, but also seven time zones. That's incredible. So thank you so much for being so flexible, especially some fans that we've had on the show before from Australia. I wanted to start by calling everyone's attention to the fact that there are fans that will listen to this that will have never had the opportunity to see the band perform live before in their lives, be it because of their location, a disability, a personality trait that just wouldn't suit them in a live environment, financial or family commitments or constraints. Some of the fans that will listen to this show will live this tour through what you will share, through the stories and the magic that you'll conjure up through your experience of seeing the calls on this past tour. And I just wanted to keep that in mind, that this isn't a a few hours of recording of us thinking about how much money we've spent or how lucky we are because we did A, B and C and the other fans didn't. This is more of a sharing, a place where we can celebrate the cause music, not to rub it in other people's faces and other fans that have been less fortunate or less able, but to celebrate the music and the band we love. We do have some returning guests to the podcast. So a huge welcome back to those that have been on before. Um, I'm specifically looking at Wendy, Rachel and Francisco. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you? How are you, Simon? Hey, Simon. Hey, I'm very well. But we also have new guests, some of which are listeners, um, some of which I've spoken to through the years and have great contact with. And it's a great honor to have them on the show as well. We're spanning seven time zones with this recording. So I guess it would be great if even the people that have been on before can go through and introduce themselves, your name, where you're from, maybe the current time and how sleepy you are. I don't know. I can dictate this and say, let's go in the order that the the tour happened. Mentari, that means you're first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Where are you based at the moment? Uh, I'm based in Jakarta, Indonesia. Wonderful. It's so great that we can have that time zone represented and that, that fan base represented. So um, 
We'll talk more in a minute. Um, I guess I should come next to uh, Sheila. How are you doing? Hi, good evening from Manila. Uh, it, it's 8.25 p.m. here in Manila, and it's good to finally see you all virtually. Yeah. Cool. It's really, it's such a joy um, to have you with us. I know that you're quite a pillar for the fan community in in your region of the world. And it is honestly an honor to have you with us and a joy to be able to delve further into the experiences that you had as a fan uh, with the band in in your country. I think we should next, maybe it's probably going to be Patricia next because you were at the Perth gig, correct? Yes, correct. So, um, well, yeah, I'm from Germany, it's 1pm here and it was actually my first cross gig. I'm so happy to talk about this and to be a part of this podcast. So thanks so much for having me. You are really welcome. And um, I think I'll just bring a, a really fresh new aspect to those that haven't seen them before to have you on and it'll reignite the passion that the rest of us have um that i've seen them potentially many times now to hear what it's like for a newer fan to hear them in this stage of their career it's going to be it's going to be wonderful so i can't wait to touch base as we come around on that i guess it's a kind of wrestle between the last three of you that have been on before wendy go on hi i'm wendy i'm from brisbane australia uh, it's about 10.30 p.m. and I'm about 40% sleepy, so I'm okay. I'm I'm cool. awake enough to talk about the chords. <laughs> I can't think of a time when you won't be. Um, no, <laughs> definitely not. I know Francisco's going to say ladies first, so Rachel. Hey, everyone. I'm Rachel from Melbourne, Australia. It's currently 11.30 p.m., but I could stay up all night talking about the course, so it's fine. And last but not least, I, I don't know, who's this guy in the corner I can see over here? Hey, how are you? How are you, Sema? Hi, how are you, everybody? So my name is Francisco. Uh, I am now in Mexico. Uh, it's pretty, pretty early for me. It's like 6 30 in the morning, so I'm just starting the day. Wow. I, I believe I am the one that is behind all of you guys. So here we are. I have not even been at home. I, I'm just uh, achieving 24 hours since I just landed, like yesterday. But here we are, and more than welcome to be at this particularly an excellent podcast that we really love <laughs> a lot. Flattery will get you everywhere, Francisco. Thank you so much. I guess I need to really start by going through, again, I think we'll go through in order of the dates of each of the gigs. And if it's okay with everyone else, unless you've got better suggestions, um, we'll just go through each person. And we'll go and I will ask, which gig were you at? What was it like? How did it feel? What were your memories of the gig? What were the highlights, etc.? So Mentari, I know you, a bit of pressure you're going first, but then I guess there was a pressure as the whole world was looking at Indonesia after we were waiting for a tour or some kind of gigs for so long. Sure, we had yeah, we had the special gig last year in Australia. Wonderful, wonderful for Australian fans. We discussed it at many hours length, but really the whole world's cause fans' eyes were on you for this gig. What were they going to play? The set list discussions, everything. What was the build-up like to first knowing the announcement happened? Take us from the announcement, maybe you buying tickets. How how did this go for you? Well, uh, I already knew or at least expected something was going to take place here the moment they announced the concert in Manila. 
So when I when I saw that they were announcing that they were going to Manila, I was like, oh, they must be going to Jakarta as well because it just makes sense that way. Um, it's in the same region and Indonesia and the Philippines are two of their biggest markets outside uh, outside Europe. So I already expected that and I knew that it was only a matter of time until it was officially announced. That's really perceptive of you. <laughs> was it a kind of you were waiting at the screen to buy tickets and pressing that button? Was it a scramble for tickets? The t- the ticketing process was relatively hassle free, which okay. was which was really good, because uh, I think everyone everyone expected that there there would be a huge turnout for for this concert. Like like you all like you all have already known, uh, this would be their first ever concert in Jakarta in 22 years yeah and a lot of us hadn't hadn't got the chance to see them back in back in 2001 so a lot of a lot of us were too young to go back then myself included Mm -hmm. so what really surprised me uh, in a good way was that they offered a standing section for the for the concert because uh they didn't they didn't have a standing section uh, last year in in the hunter valley which which i was also fortunate to have attended so it's it was already expected that that uh, that most people would opt to would opt to go to the standing section because it was way closer to the stage than yeah. than the seats and from from the moment it was uh, finally officially announced the excitement was building on social media it was it was nuts so for those who didn't know i run the tamander course uh, fan page on instagram so it's one of the it's one of the indonesian course fan pages uh, on the platform mm-hmm. and the day of the announcement oh my god i don't know how, <laughs> i don't know how many notifications i got that day my, my phone kept my phone kept vibrating with with it's notifications like of people yeah. commenting people yeah, it was blowing up. People asking, people asking questions and the likes, and it was it was pretty funny that uh, people kept asking about you know about the ticket about the tickets and all that sort of thing. When I when I just I barely knew anything more than anyone <laughs> back then, <laughs> but I I tried my best. Yeah, and it was like I said, it was nice that the t- that the ticketing process was relatively hassle free. So I didn't I didn't hear much trouble from people from people buying and and soon enough and i, I think uh, soon enough the the seating section was was all sold out i don't think they said that the standing section was sold out but you you wouldn't know from you wouldn't know from seeing what happened there <laughs> That's a great overview. Thank you. And um, yeah, I can imagine, I guess, in those times where there's so little known and some uh, regarding buying tickets, those social media elements is where we go to. And that's who we hound again and again and again. So I'm, I'm not surprised you didn't have, you had a, a load of uh, notifications blowing your phone up. I guess we'll go straight to the gig for brevity because there's a lot of us here. Yeah. Tell me, tell me the morning of the gig. Did you meet up with other fans? Was there any events beforehand? Were you singing in the streets? Were you camping out overnight? Yeah, well, uh, well, the the venue of the gig is a bit far from where I live, so it's it's in north near the coastline. Mm-hmm. So I I stayed at my friend and I stayed at at a hotel near the near the venue, 
and we had we had plenty of people coming from other cities as well and so i got i got to i got to meet some of them uh, in the in the morning and in the afternoon before that Lovely. and i know that uh, i've seen i've seen them before it wasn't it wasn't my first time seeing the course but like you said the the whole world's eyes were were on us saying that this was their first official tour in so many years and the fact that it happened in my home country made me a lot more nervous than the last time <laughs> <laughs> i guess uh nervous and incredibly proud at the same time right yeah yeah sure and mostly in disbelief though say, and knowing that they start they decide they decided to start right here in a place that they hadn't been to in 22 years it was amazing <laughs> It's quite a statement. Yeah, I definitely read some press saying um, regarding setlist that they were trying to focus on the tracks that were the most popular. That had Jim was quoted as saying yeah. he was looking at the the ones that had charted the best and that were also streaming the best to to organize and and to produce a setlist that everybody would be happy with. Yeah, there was quite a an amazing is it Ravel Entertainment over there that were yeah, promoting it, it. Yeah, their Instagram was absolutely the lifeblood uh for fans around the world at that moment because they they had several people on the account at the same time with cameras in different sections taking clips of all the waiting areas fans piling in the merch stands and then when the gig finally started they were doing clips upon clips of every single song so that we could work out yeah. what the set list was and, and what you were experiencing almost a couple of minutes afterwards and just seeing from the photos and the videos I've seen, just the crowd in that standing section looked absolutely incredible. So what was it like? Oh, it was unbelievable. I was lucky enough to get in the third or fourth row. So basically, so pretty close to the stage. It was it was really it was a really nice view and it was a nice spot to take photos and videos as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was unbelievable. Like it was so packed. Everyone, everyone was screaming their hearts out and everyone was singing along to, to to the songs and you could I think you could see in the videos that couple of times Andrea had to stop because we were so loud singing <laughs> along to the songs and there were some there were some surprises in the set list like uh, I refused to I refused to see the set list before the gig because I wanted nice. to be surprised I didn't want to be spoiled and what really stood out for me in particular was don't say you love me because they hadn't performed that in so many years yeah. and i knew that they were going to perform either that or all the love in the world since the those two songs were and still are huge in asia sure and so the moment sharon played the violin intro everyone just everyone just went crazy there was nothing like it i didn't record the full video but i had small clips from that song and every time I go back and watch it. It was nuts. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like that. I'm mm -hmm. 
The best gigs I've definitely experienced with a band have been standing gigs. It's just so different to have the vibe of the people you're next to and you're able to move. Exactly. You're able to, it does, you're standing. You're not in front of anybody else that's sat down. You're not inconveniencing anyone. And you can be as passionate and loud and, um, yeah, and oh, yeah. enjoy I the think, gig as I much as possible. Day, yeah, I think I, I'd never scream so loud as I did that day. Because <laughs> uh, I remember... Um, I remember screaming so loud with along with everyone around me when they played the the video intro because yeah. it was exactly the same video intro that they use uh, during the talk on corners and in blue tours mm-hmm. and it was it was fantastic. I didn't ex- I didn't expect them to use that and to actually start the set with only when I sleep just like just like the old times and yeah. it was I I got. I got quite emotional because I grew up watching videos of that exact opening sequence on YouTube and the likes. And to be able to see that in person after all these years was incredible. And I know that for 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 some people in the crowd, it brought it brought them back to back to the uh to the Jakarta concert back in 2001 because they used exactly the same the same video back then. then a lot of plenty of us got emotional at that moment uh, amid all the screaming. It was incredible. I can't imagine what it was been must have been like for the fans that were at that original Jakarta concert, and then twenty one years later, hearing the same intro and starting the set with the same song. Twenty one years of your life has gone past, but you still yeah. love this band. You still love this music. You're still passionate about it. And you're still surrounded by thousands of others that are equally as passionate and loving it. And obviously are just as emotional in the response and welcoming that band back to that country again after so long. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. Did you want me to read through the set list that you experienced on yeah, that sure. day? Yeah. Sure. So we started with Only When I Sleep into Give Me a Reason. Locker and Sure, Forgive Not Forgotten, What Can I Do, Little Lies, which I'm sure had its own intro by Andrea, Don't Say You Love yeah. Me, which was the the kind of surprise song, not for us a surprise as such, but certainly new and <laughs> very welcome. It's lovely to hear that song again. Yeah. Into Little Wing, No Frontiers, Joy of Life, Ellis Island, Haste to the Wedding, Radio, Queen of Hollywood, Dreams, So Young, I Never Loved You Anyway. And then an encore of Runaway, Breathless, and finishing up with Toss the Feathers. So yeah, yeah, an amazing set list. And yeah, some from some out and out incredible songs. Were you expecting more songs? Is there anything you would have changed? We were we were the only concert where they didn't play Summer Sunshine. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's one of my favorite songs of theirs. So I would add that to the set list as well. Yeah, I think I think you're in good company on that. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, if possible, I would uh, I would prefer that they that they perform um, all the love in the world. So, so like I said, it was it was such a big number in Asia, Indonesia, and the Philippines in particular. And you know how you know how they perform it live in a uh, in a more of a of an acoustic settings, which really yeah. enhance the vocal harmonies between the sisters. I would mm-hmm. have loved to see that live. It's a it's a beautiful harmonic song that um, when they perform it live, it's it's almost they give it all, but it's stripped back as well. It's it's really lovely. Yeah. What was it like after the gig? And was there a bit of a, a sort of a post post cause gig come down where you were like, oh, oh no. definitely, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, definitely. I couldn't. I couldn't sleep afterwards. And I remember. I I remember. I was crying by the end of the gig. So and my my one of my friends who went with me had to had to hug me and calm me down by oh. the end because I was crying so much because I didn't. I still I still couldn't quite believe that it happened that I finally got to see the course in my home country. I'd been dreaming of, about this for years, and. Uh, and I can't stress this enough that the crowd made everything better. The, I knew that there would be there would be a lot of people. I knew that the crowd would be enthusiastic, but I didn't I didn't expect such a reaction from from the audience because it was it was nuts. And we were already screaming even before <laughs> even uh, before the video intro, which uh, which Sharon told me about when we met in Perth. Because I I. I reckon they they could hear they could hear us screaming from from the from the backstage wow. as well and yeah I mean you've seen you've seen the photos there were there was so so many of us and the and the reaction and how we how we responded to each song how we sang along even even in songs that you don't normally get people crazily sing along to sure. like Ellis Island mm-hmm. and uh, Queen of Hollywood. We just some somehow we somehow we made it work so that we we all we all sang together. We knew that we knew every word in the in the lyrics. And that was that was nuts every time every time i look back and see the see the videos that i took i still i still can't quite believe it i i would i would say that it's it's the best crowd that i've ever experienced it was it wow. was unbelievable wow well thank you for bringing us in on that experience and sharing that insight because from the pictures and videos it certainly looked to be that way it's nice to know that um seeing the cause live in your hometown not only met your expectations but surpassed them which is must be great. Oh, uh, it's just wonderful for that fan community, and um, thank you for sharing. That's great. Did you go to any other gigs on this tour? Yeah, I went to the one in Perth as well. Then maybe we'll circle back um, when we talk to others that went to Perth uh, a little bit later. But thank yeah. you. I guess I should now say that the next set list, the uh, the band decided to add the song that you wanted, which was uh, "Summer Sunshine," and that was at <laughs> the Manila gigs in the Philippines. Sheila, you were there. Tell us the, I guess, much in the same way. How did the build-up work for your country and getting tickets and announcements? Lead us, please, from there to then what you may have organised for the fan community in your region, and then the gig. Feel free. Actually, at the beginning, we didn't really expect that they are coming to Manila. We already booked our tickets for Sydney. Oh wow! Um, that was. Yes, that was last December. So when <laughs> they announced they are coming to. Australia again. Um, one of my course band friends, he we thought, why don't we try to go to Australia since there's um enough time to apply for a visa and you know just let's just try. So when um that was December when when they finally had sales right. So we booked for our tickets that meant. So if I'm not mistaken, around. February, there were like some, what do you call this? Dessert of red lip. Yeah. Yes, some, they were. Yeah. Yes. And and we were very shocked about that. We, could, we were really expecting Australia. So 
when that happened and then suddenly a few days later they finally announced they're coming to Manila. So me and my friend were thinking, so are we still going to Sydney or are we going to go? Are we going to watch it in Manila or are we going to just watch both both of the tours? But it, it was, I thought maybe it, it would be great to just watch it in Manila in our, in our home country. Um, so we decided to just book for the tickets here. And since I know a lot of sports fan friends, I just thought maybe it would be easy to just keep uh, uh, touch base these people, this, these fans in Australia who may want to get the tickets because we had good seats in Sydney almost uh, like if I'm not mistaken that was almost near the stage like check-in girl lovely so I thought maybe yeah let, let's try and you know it would be lovely to see them because I've been a fan of the force for 25 years and I haven't seen them in person since what ever since I've been wow like so it was really special to feed them in my home so that's why I finally decided okay let's just do Manila and I'm gonna buy two tickets for both both nights so I watched both nights so that's the nearest seat at the stage lovely and yes it was it was very exciting for all of us because um same with Mentari the first came in Manila 22 years before but 22 years ago, I was just 15 years old mm-hmm. and living in an Asian household with very strict parents. We are not allowed to go to concerts or events like these. So um, I was just very, I was a very frustrated teenager back then <laughs> when I was 15. And I, I told myself, okay, I'm going to work hard so that when I finally become a professional or finally get a job, I'm going to go to um, the chorus concert. And it's like one of my life goals. I was going to say, that sounds like so, a good life goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why without any um, hesitation, I really booked for the nearest seat at the stage for two nights here in Manila. So oh, that's, that's incredible. Brave. That's a cool story. Also, I'm happy that along the way, the, the ticket that I booked for Sydney was actually sold to one of our good course brand friends there. Lovely. So it, it was like, okay, that's very nice. Yeah, it's, it comes full circle or full sphere if we talk about the whole world, yeah. I guess. But um, oh, that's that's great that it didn't go to waste and yet you were able to secure a ticket that somebody else could appreciate, which is brilliant. Yeah. Again, the cause, you hadn't seen them live. They're coming to your home country, your hometown. Yeah before anywhere else in the world after Indonesia. Did I hear right? I'm sure it was you. You've organized a lot of pre-concert things. Is that correct? Tell us more. Yes. Um, with Yen, um, she's the admin of the Chorus Philippines. So we just started off a me with all of our Filipino fan friends. And that's when we started brainstorming. So guys, what are we going to do? So that when we meet the fans, not just meeting them. So let's make it something more, something that would warm up the concert. So mm-hmm. we thought of light sticks. That was the first idea, the light Since um, the chorus, one of, uh, if you remember, during the 2001 concert, 
Sharon can can forget about that because um, the people lit up the the whole Araneta with their phone on Runaway. So we thought of maybe let's do it again and let's make it better. So we we thought of the green lights since that's the color of the tour. Mm-hmm. So we everybody uh, planned to buy the lights from, from a certain link on the internet online shopping and we just dis- discreetly like passed it on to other fans wow. and then um also a few days before the event we all we also have lots of ideas aside from the sea of green we called it the sea of green so mm-hmm. that if ever we're going to post it on instagram the course would not have any idea what the scene of sea of green means yeah, yeah. So at least we can pass it on to other bands, like through DMs. What What is your green? I want to be a part of it. So, so we are just going to communicate through DMs on Instagram. And then a few days before the concert, we also have other ideas, like um, maybe let's do a message board for the port. So we thought of like people are gonna write on a board, but I was thinking. How are they going to bring it home? It's too big for them to bring it home. So I thought, I remember back then we had this certain book where we put in our messages and our artworks to shatter. So I thought maybe a, a book with all the messages, like a get list, could work. So at least it's something that they can carry home and they can read on flight or something like that. And Okay, let's just name it the Book of Green. And that's it. Um, and another, there was another, but it didn't push through because everyone was late. Oh. The jamming with fans. I saw some, I definitely saw some social media of that happening and it looked, it didn't look as as full as I guess I wanted it to be, but there was definitely people yeah. and they were jamming and they were fans. So it was cool. It was cool yeah. to see. Yeah, it's just a little bit because some of them managed to bring their tin whistles on the venue and they just randomly slayed. But we we were supposed to have like a full jamming session for an hour. But wow. Um since because of the restrictions in Araneta that you only um you're only required to buy a certain uh, size of a bag or little stuff. So they only managed to bring tin whistles. And um, that's why it wasn't really so successful, but to those who were able to bring, at least they were able to, um, to play a little Yeah. when that... we were, um, yeah, during the line, the long lines of the book of dreams, they were playing. So yes, it was fun. Actually. And yeah, I think that's all that, that these are all the activities that we did and actually um, the Sea of Green, I remember since we, it wasn't easy to actually tell all the people to get the light stage. So last minute, we decided to just buy green stickers so that they can put it on their phones, on the lights of their phones. And we, we told everyone to light it up on Runaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so at least it's for free and everyone... We we tried that yeah. so that everyone could get it. And even Pulp was giving away the sticker. <laughs> the Pulp Live World. That's great. <laughs> Actually on the first day there weren't lots of green lights. So on the second day, 
there were vendors outside of Ironera, and I even talked to them because they were selling different colors of light. So I told them to sell green. Yeah. So sell all the course, all of the people who are going to the course sponsor to buy green because we're gonna we're gonna light it at runaway. And the next day on day two, everyone is selling green lights <laughs> and even pulp is selling lights too. Wow. So I guess if it's not if it's not money that's gonna bring that together and make it happen, then it's definitely fan passion. And I think that mixture of the both is great. I mean, from somebody speaking from Europe, what your country has done was incredible, going above and beyond, just setting up these events to make it a little more fun before the gig and to bring that community together in celebration of the gig after, like you say, 21 years. Thank you and well done. Like, congratulations on a successful events lineup. And did I see, I'm, I'm, my eyes don't mistake me, I saw a cake. Can you explain the cake? We were discussing about, so what are we going to give them? We, we thought of the book dream. And again, the admin of the course building thought of, I'm going to give them a cake. So, <laughs> um, when, and then it's so good that Paul was the one who delivered the cake to them. And we were surprised that, oh, oh my God, they got the cake. <laughs> and Andrea posted the cake. So, it's just so cool. And everybody, I think Caroline and Shira, Jim was the one who posted Andrea with the cake. So uh, at least they were able to get the cake. It's, it's a great. It's Yeah. It's, it was really cool to see. Um, I'll have to pick pictures of the cake in question in the show notes. Sadly, you're not going to be able to take a piece of that cake, but you'll be able to view it and imagine the glory of which it tastes. Um, but yeah, it's basically the band, all of them in fondant. I don't, I'm not a cake person really, but hey, they, there's little edible versions of the cause with their instruments, which looked really cute. And um, yeah, a fan going to the, that extra effort to try and bring a cake to a gig. Oh, I can't think of anything worse, but I'm so glad that it was so successful. Thank you for sharing. It's really cool. Really, really cool. Tell me about your joy in hearing, obviously, the set list changing with an extra song with Summer Sunshine. What was it like to hear those songs in your home country? Um, about the set list, um, since day, day one, it was the first time that I saw them live. So, but seeing Caroline's silhouette freaked me out. So I was sitting with like, I don't know, I'm not sure, rich people. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah. and they were just like watching a film. And when I saw Caroline Silhouette, I just freaked out, freaked out and I, I didn't know what they thought about me. That, But yes, I, I love the set list because it started off with Only When I Sleep, which I really want them to start that way because I remember the old gigs that they had. So the feeling was intense at the very beginning. Because, you know, Caroline's introduction of the drums mm-hmm. just so intense. And I'm sure the other hardcore fans band friends also freaked out except for my seat on day <laughs> one well um only uh only when they sleep and that about the summer sunshine actually i was shocked that they played summer sunshine and it was different the like mm. a different version of it like a slow 
version at the beginning. Yeah, it's like a slower intro into it. Yes, and so I was surprised that they included Summer Sunshine and in the Netflix. It was a good surprise, actually. And regarding Don't Say You Love Me, actually, I was expecting that because it's from our old fans in Manila, those who attended in 2001, they said that they played Don't Say You Love Me. I think because it's big here in Manila, it's mm-hmm. not really, if, if I'm not mistaken, it's not really a single, but almost everyone I know here knows Don't Say You Love Me, even those who are not fans. So wow. I think that's the reason why they included it. But if there's something that we are kind of like missing, that's all the love in the world. So we were, everybody was expecting all the love in the world. And then suddenly the, the concert ends and, okay, <laughs> we're missing one song. Uh. Yeah. And then on day two, I remember Yen was shouting and she said, oh, the love in the world. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I'm not really sure how they do the template, but it would be better if there's if they included all the love in the world, especially yet in Jakarta and in the Philippines, in, in the Indonesia and the Philippines. The excitement continued on the songs midway from radio until so young, where people started to listen up until everyone started to stand up and down. Um, the Sea of Green on Runaway was really magical. Uh, Breathless has been a part of the Filipino culture, and I love to call it the Philippine National Video Gay Anthem. Filipinos are known to love singing in KTV, or we locally call it video gig. Mm-hmm. And most of us fans and non-fans, young and old, know Breathless. Everybody just danced and partied. <laughs> that it really felt like the crowd is singing with a band at the KTV. What's cool about my people is they know all the songs. Jim called us a choir, especially the hardcore band singing along with Little Lies. Uh, the sound much the Philippines love the chorus. Um, but overall, the concert is that these two nights, it is like the best night of my life. <laughs> because day one, um, it was the first time that I saw them. So I was like, I'm not watching my DVDs, right? Yeah. And just to see Sharon, Sharon is my favorite. Um, it was, it was just so amazing to see them playing right in front of you. Andrea singing, Caroline drumming, and Jim. So it was very hard for me to take videos and photos. So I told my friends. Maybe you could share your videos and photos to me because I was just, it was so surreal. I just want to open my eyes and savor the moment mm-hmm. that, because I've never seen them before. And I was just like, shock at the moment. Okay, every second, I was just looking at them and just trying to, you know, to feel the atmosphere, the music in person, because it's just so different right here already. So that was the first day, but in the second day, that's when I already have the, I have more, more photos and videos on day two versus the day one where I was sure. just like, I don't know, crazy, crazy out of it. <laughs> and, um, but what's good, also what's good about having your fellow fans, friends with you at the concert is, um, 
we have like a little headquarters at the Green Gate in Arenado where we tell each other, okay, so after the concert, we're just assemble or meet each other at the gate. So before we go home, we kind of like have a little meeting about what happened to the concert. So we were able to express ourselves to each uh, other because nice. you know when you when you go home, you don't really have someone to talk to. Like they they may they may ask, "How are you? How's the concert?" But that's it. But you know, being being bad. Usually, you have lots of little details to share with your fellow fans that, you know, other people can't, uh, other people can't understand. So that's that. What makes the community special? So mm-hmm. every other, every end of the concert, we have a little gathering, we have a little talk, and yeah, it's good. So basically, uh, what makes the all the the experience in the course concert is not just the course but also the guy community. So it's just of the course is the most special concert that I've ever gone. Wow. I wish the listeners could see the smiles on all the faces of everybody I can see in this call at the moment because uh, that was wonderful to hear the, your experience of just seeing the band live for the first time with your own eyes. I'm not watching a DVD. They're doing this in front of me. It's live. I'm hearing this. I'm fully emotionally engaged in what I'm being presented with and here, and I love them for it. So amazing. Was there any standout highlights from, from the two nights that you wanted to share? Um, actually, there, there are a lot of wonderful things. Just like I'm hearing Sharon to play for the first time. It's just like you're in a dream. It's just so different when you're in person. It's just so hard to explain, but it's more of like you're feeling it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like that. When when I first heard Sharon play the violin for the intro of for Aaron Shore and also Caroline for only when I see intro that because that really freaked me out. And I was just I was just shouting Caroline all the time <laughs> when she started playing the the introduction of Only and I please. <laughs>
gym when he came in, he he just looked so handsome in person. Then he is in a TV news. And Andrea is just so energetic as she's performing. We see we see it in, in their gig, but it's just really different when you're there. Sure. Like you can feel their energy, you can feel their there were some mistakes. Sure. But um, yeah, there were some mistakes. But we we find it cute. Like, okay, that that's fine. That's okay. Um we are all human, so you make mistakes. So kind of let that let that live you know it's of course it's our favorite band and it was okay thank you that that reminds me of um one of the quotes from andrew in the all the way home documentary where she mentions about being on stage and something going wrong or tripping or falling or, or, or failing in some regard in front of these thousands of people but it's all okay because it feels like you're performing in front of family where they're, they're always there to to have your best, to pick you back up. And a mistake isn't a mistake. It, this is a live thing we're doing together. This is an enjoyment of music and a joy of music and love of music together. So yeah, it's, that, that reminds me of that. So thank you for sharing. I've got on my master list of the seven time zones I have here that two of you were at the Perth gig, right? So there's Mentari and Patricia. Hi, Patricia. Um, I think this is your turn. This is your moment. And then if you and Mentari can kind of work together in answering maybe near the end of your story, Patricia, and how, how things went for you, that would be great. But take us from, from the start of the announcements, how you got tickets, because I know how you got tickets was special for you and your family as well. Okay, perfect. So um, when they announced the gig last year, the, the one night only gig, I was just mm-hmm. super sad that I couldn't go. And Same. I thought, okay, if they go on tour again, then I have to see them. I can't miss another chance because I became a fan in 2019. And I thought, okay, I might never see them. Okay. So it's sure. too late, you know? And so I thought, okay, I can't miss another chance. So yeah. And I was thinking about going and then actually, yeah, this so oh, such a moment. Um, my family actually phoned me because... Um, they said, okay, Patricia, we know you love the course and you can book your ticket, like buying a ticket for the concert and we will pay the flight for you. And it was just so amazing. I mean, it was before Christmas and it was the most beautiful Christmas I ever had. And yeah, then I started to buy or I wanted to buy a ticket, but actually didn't work because my credit card was declined or anything or not accepted or whatever. And then I, um, then Rachel actually was kind enough to offer me help, her help. Yes, this Rachel. So I'm super grateful. I'm, thank you so much again. And yeah, she helped me purchase a ticket and yeah, then I got a first row ticket and yeah, then I posted it <laughs> on Christmas actually. And it was, wow. yeah, it was. One of those beautiful posts I ever did, and I was so happy, and I still am. So, yeah. Oh, well done, Rachel. That was such yeah, a kind thing thank you. for you to help out. So, well done. I was so happy to help. It was just, it was really exciting for me because I knew how excited Patricia was to see them live for the first time. And I, I would love for anyone who would, would love to see them. I just want to share that with feeling with anybody because mm-hmm. I just know myself 
how special it is to see them live, to be there, to have the atmosphere around you. There's nothing better and I could have been more happy to help Patricia um, achieve those tickets. Well done. Um, very, very well done. Okay, Patricia, so you've got you've got this amazing Christmas announcement. You've got yeah. you've got tickets to see them live where you didn't even think you might be able to see them live ever ever they might not perform, whatever they might not tour. Um you've got tickets. There, then what? Was it just months and months of planning, countdowns, building excitement? Oh god, yeah. I mean, I was counting down the days. Yeah, definitely, but of course I had to sort of plan with my university that I can't go to seminars and lectures for this mm-hmm. time and but it was all okay so I was just super excited packing my stuff you know thinking about fan gifts so yeah it was it was a beautiful time beforehand even yeah cool. and you know the funny thing is I don't know it's it sounds weird but um I actually dream about the course sometimes so <laughs> and I dreamed about the gig and I had so many versions of the gig in my dream and I always wondered, you know, what kind of version I will see. Mm-hmm. But the actual gig was actually um, better than any dream I could have. It was so fulfilling and perfect. It was wow, wonderful. Best night of my life. Yeah. And I don't regret anything. So I would do it again. I, I would travel to Australia again to see them. So it's, it's wonderful. Tell me more about that gig i think i saw some posts on social media where you'd taken pictures of the venue so i know you'd arrived mm-hmm. early or at least scoped the place out a bit before the day of the gig lead us up from touching down flying all the way from germany you're from correct yes yeah, yeah. flying all the way from germany to perth lead us from that touchdown all the way up to finally being in that front row yeah okay oh okay um I flew to London first and then directly from London to Perth because I actually didn't want to do a stop in, in, in some part of Asia because I prefer direct flights mm-hmm. because it was such a long flight anyway and exhausting and yet so worth it. But yeah. And then arriving in Perth was great. I mean, the weather was awesome. 30 degrees in comparison to <laughs> cold Germany here. Yeah. So, yeah, wonderful. It was wonderful to be in, in heat again for at least one week. So, yeah. And yeah, then I always said to my family, okay, I have to look for the venue. I want to see where the venue is. So we have to go there. We have to, you know, plan for a day to go there because I want to see where it is. And yeah, then a few days before that, I can't remember, maybe three or four days before the gig, um, we went to the venue and I was just super excited. Yeah, I was a bit sad I didn't see any um, kind of ads hanging around the city, but yeah. Yeah, from from your social media posts and what I'd seen from other fans uh, going to the Perth gig um, and kind of heard on the grapevine, there didn't seem to be much compared to i mean we was we were in, entirely spoiled from seeing what we'd seen uh, advertising wise and banner wise and skyscraper picture wise with indonesia and philippines so i think we were expecting just mm. as much for for this new for the at least for the first gig in in australia for perth mm. gig but there seemed to be less there was definitely banners there was the occasional poster but nothing like 
the wild advertising that Indonesia yeah. and the Philippines had had presented us with on the tour so far. So yeah, I get where you're coming from with that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you able to meet fans? Did you did you able to touch base with Mentari before the gig? Mm, no, just on this day, but not before okay. the gig. Oh, we met, I think, outside. No, inside. I was buying merch, and then Mentari and I met. And she waited for me because I bought so much merch. So yeah, I was yeah. She waited for me, and then yeah. I mean, then we went outside quite often. Okay, tell us what it was like to see and hear the beginning of Only When I Sleep as a fan, as a new fan. You've watched all your DVDs, you've seen plenty yeah. of videos, you've heard lots of bootleg audio, I'm sure, of different concerts through the years. And you've heard the CD many times and the tape and vinyl and et cetera, et cetera. What was it like to finally hear Only When I Sleep sung live by your favorite group in front of you? Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. It was a dream. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, I often watch dvds and i still do but it's just nothing like seeing them live so being in this venue with so many other fans who are so passionate about them just as much as i am and yeah it was amazing and then it's beautiful intro and then just caroline smashing it on her drums was yeah beautiful and i just cried when they came on stage and actually during the gig and when they left because i couldn't believe my luck yeah it was beautiful yeah yeah, it's a real, it's a, it's a very lucky thing. I'm sure that there's um, plenty of other fans of other bands later in their careers that don't get the opportunity to see them perform live, let alone as a as a full band and things like that. So, yeah, I think we've we've lucked out with the cause. And it was my first gig ever, so I had no idea what it feels like to be in a in a venue, to be at a live concert, and then it was the course gig, and it was perfect. So it was perfect in so many ways. Yeah. First ever gig, yeah. first ever time seeing them live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of firsts there, and yeah, and it was better than you dreamed. Oh, yeah, so much better. I mean, beyond my expectation, I, I can't find words for how grateful I am and how happy I am to be that I have been able to see them. Do you have any highlight moments or highlight songs from the gig? I know obviously, obviously it's, it was all brilliant and you, you'd want to relive yeah. it as many times, but is there any particular highlights or particular mm. moments that you remember thinking back and feeling a certain way? Or I think one of my highlights was uh, Don't Say You Love Me like, as well, because I, I've always loved the song and and I miss it on their set list, you know, whenever I watch DVDs or concerts on YouTube and I was just so happy it's on the set list again. And yeah, it was definitely the highlights. Um, I would have loved all the love in the world too, but we didn't get that, but it's okay. Um, yeah, I think Don't Say You Love Me was, oh, in Summer Sunshine. Yeah, I think these two were my highlights. But every minute was perfect anyway. So yeah, it's hard, cool. to, hard to pick a highlight. Yeah. So you've gone through the gig, it's your first live gig, you're blown away, you're chanting for the encore, I'm sure, you're loving Toss the Feathers that they're finishing with. What happened next? I left my seat, basically, and went outside. Um, oh no, I actually waited on stage to get a set list, so I did that. And then I went outside, yeah. And I, I think I was texting Mentari if she's still there. But we didn't get to see us after the gig. Because I had to go to the cloaking section to collect all my stuff. And mm -hmm. yeah, 
And then my family waited outside and they sure. saw me coming up with all <laughs> merchandise and all bags and the set list. And they were just so happy for me because they knew I had a brilliant time. So, yeah. It's, it's so cool that you, you went with your family, but obviously they didn't go in with you, but you, you saw yeah. the gig on your own. But you mm-hmm. still felt like you were in a place where you were surrounded by fans and, and a different kind of family and a different kind of environment where we're all thinking and feeling the same thing. So that's really cool. That's yeah, really cool. I mean, I was chatting, you know, the fans sitting next to me, behind me, and they were all so lovely. And it was just so amazing to meet fans in person at last. Yeah. And not just texting online. And so it's just amazing, yeah. We're a rare breed. There's lots of us, but we're a rare breed. We seem to be few and, few and far between. We've spaced out equally in the world. So there's, there's a lot of distance between us, sadly, um, which mm. things like podcasts can help, I guess. I guess, maybe, maybe True, in, a, yeah. in a little way. Now, a little birdie tells me that something very special happened before the gig. Is that correct? Yes. Ta- yes. Tell, tell us how that went down and then maybe Mentari can, can chip in as well on what this special experience was like. I'm sure listeners would love to hear every moment of this. Please share. Okay. Okay. Um, so I actually texted Caroline uh, one or two days, two days before the gig, if she would have time to pick my fan gifts up from the information desk in the venue. Um, and she didn't answer my questions. <laughs> she didn't respond to that, which was okay. Um, she just asked me where I've flown from when I said Germany and then it was it on stay. Um, so she texted me on the 25th in the morning. Um, I was eating my breakfast in the hotel. It was so crazy. And I got her message asking if I would like to meet them um, at their meet and greet beforehand. Wow. And if I'm with anyone and if I know anyone who's here as well and um, who's flown quite a long way um, to see them in Perth as well. So it's crazy. I, I wrote her that... Okay, I know Mentari is here as well, and she's from Indonesia. And then Caroline just thought, okay, I'll try and put you on the guest list. And it was, it was amazing, yeah. And I couldn't eat my breakfast anymore because I was so nervous. I was so many emotions <laughs> on the day. It was crazy, like emotional roller coaster. Caroline wrote to me, okay, meet and free is at 8.50 or 9 p.m. And we can collect our meet and greet passes from box office. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. And then she said, see you later. And I was like, oh, I can see you later. And then, oh yeah, it was amazing. I'm loving hearing all these stories, Patricia. It's so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. I can just see the excitement of when you speak about it. It's so nice. Yeah, the reality of it all kind of comes across in the smiles and in the tone of voice, doesn't it? It's lovely to hear. It's really great. What happened next? Please tell us. Okay, so um, well, I told my family, of course, um, because they saw that I'm kind of different and nervous. So <laughs> they they wondered, actually, why I didn't eat uh, anymore. So, yeah, um, and they were just so happy and they couldn't believe it. So, yeah, then... We went, I went with my family to the venue. So I walked to the venue on this day and getting more and more nervous, of course. Um, and then they, yeah, and then they all hugged me and wished me fun. And yeah, then I just went inside. Yeah. <laughs> then um, 
I met Mentari and yeah, it took quite a while to get our passes. I think three or four times you had to check um, at the box office because it wasn't because our passes weren't there. So yeah, yeah, but it was fun. I mean, even the security on the exit of the venue, they or uh, he knew the course, and so we talked a bit um, with him on our way getting out. So yeah, and then we got our passes and I actually have it here. So we got some sort of envelope and cool. Um, yeah, just a cool thing. It was just one of the most beautiful things I have in my collection. So it's very unique, very unique. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. And then we got some sort of short note saying that please meet at the door left hand side of stage at 8.50 p.m. Many thanks. So and then, yeah, Mentari and I just tried to find the door and just tried to get in, which was not easy because there was a lot of security. And they had to actually call some people because we had the wrong pass or they said we have the wrong pass. So we couldn't get in. Yeah. But maybe wow. Mentari knows more about it. Mentari, give us give us more insight on what this moment was like of not having the right passes, checking four times and getting them, but not getting the right ones. What's Patricia like at this moment? Is Is she beside herself with joy and fear of maybe missing this out? Oh, we all were. Both of us were. So yeah, we had to we had to go back and forth to the box office three or four times because every time we went there, uh, they always say that our passes weren't there yet. So we just we just went back and forth, and finally, after three or four times, they asked to verify our our identities, and they asked us to show our passports. Oh, and so we then they gave us the the envelopes mm-hmm. and so uh we uh, we agreed to meet uh near the near the meeting point as written in the envelope around uh near the end of Natalie Imbruglia's set and once there there was this there was the security guard who who said that uh he couldn't he couldn't let us in because we needed we needed an escort and that we needed an escort to get to to get to backstage and the thing is that uh okay if it was like if okay so if we needed an escort then where was the escort we didn't yeah we didn't hear more we didn't hear anything more about it uh, he didn't tell us anything more so it was it was quite frustrating we were getting mm. we were getting so nervous so but then uh, finally we uh, we saw someone, someone else who was who was working for the venue, and uh, we told her that we we'd been invited to meet the band, and that we'd been instructed to go there and to wait uh, for someone to escort us. And finally, the person talked to someone else in security, and a few minutes later, they sent us someone to escort us. Wow. It all worked out in the end. This is good. So there you are. You're being escorted. You're both walking down some backstage corridor. You can hear the band playing in the background. You can hear the cheers of the crowd. You can hear the hubbub of a live gig event. Were you just ushered through a door and then they were just there waiting? Patricia, take up from Antari, please. What what happened next? Okay, I think it took like 10 minutes to get in or 10 to 15 minutes. So we were in the room actually. Um, and know that they weren't there yet so they they came later we had to wait there and sit 
And there were other people as well, like, I don't know, football players or I think I think Irish football players or I don't know. I didn't <laughs> know them. So, yeah. And then they came in. Actually, Caroline was the first who came in. So I saw her in her little top and it was beautiful. Yeah, they, they all came in and they waited there. So when the football players met them first, but all of them actually smiled at Mentari and me and... I think they were quite excited to to meet fans as well. So, and then we stood up and walked towards them. So, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't say much because I was so nervous, which is a pity. But yeah, it's just what it was. So, yeah. Did you say much at all, or was it just like a shaking hands, thank you, and and have a great have a great show? Or we were shaking hands. Well, actually, Jim and Sharon um, ask a few questions like where I'm from, um, how much, how, for how long I'm staying in Australia. Um, and then they thank me for making the effort to fly to Australia nice. to see them and that they appreciate it. And yeah, then we ask for a picture. Um, yeah. And then a woman took pictures and it was quite funny because actually um, they had to leave because we were quite late in you know we were later in because we had all this issue going on Mm -hmm. beforehand and then I remember Caroline said no wait hang on picture with Patricia and yeah so we took a picture yeah they went off and I just wished like wished them fun and said enjoy your show and they hoped they won't disappoint us but they can't disappoint (laughs) us it's impossible how can they ever disappoint um, no, no way. I think I think I saw some of the pictures you shared on social media that that were mm-hmm. taken of you backstage with them, which was great. Mm-hmm. And did I see right that Jim was laughing in one of them because of a specific yeah. reason? Yes, actually, uh, Sharon and Jim. So Jim loved my shoes, uh, my lacrosse <laughs> shoes. So he saw my shoes. I have no idea how he saw my shoes, but he did. So. Yeah, he pointed on my shoes and said, oh, even on your shoes. And then they all started laughing. And Sharon saw my phone case, um, which is kind of this thing here from Unplugged, like one of my phone cases. And um, she said, oh, my God, we're on your phone case. Like, we're so young. We're looking so young on on your phone case. And then they just all started laughing. Yeah. (laughs) amazing (laughs) what a great moment I guess yeah yeah, if somebody's got you on their shoes you're gonna yeah it's gonna be an odd thing to see but but fun all the same Mentari what was your experience like of of that moment I'm sure similar in in a lot of ways but obviously you'd met them prior at the the gig last year what was what was this experience like was it less formal more time tell us how it went for you yeah it was it was much less formal uh the previous year, I didn't really get to say much because of time constraints at all. Sure. But uh, this time around, oh, I was shaking so bad. And, and Andrea actually hugged me because she saw how badly I was shaking. Uh-huh. And But I managed to... I managed to say uh, plenty of things uh, to them. So I thank them for coming to Jakarta mm-hmm. and for after after so many years... And Sharon told me that she was really impressed by the crowd and the noise that we made in Jakarta. And then I also told them uh, how much their music, their music means to me, and how they they kept me going in some of the worst 
periods of my life which they seem to appreciate and I took I took a group picture with all the band and then I asked Andrea to sign to sign my copy of Barefoot Pilgrimage beautiful which was lovely yeah uh, she asked me to spell my name so and when I did she was like oh I I know your name from Instagram <laughs> well that that I didn't expect at all that's very cute yeah and I asked I asked her to sign it and she wrote a whole note on the front page of the book nice what did she write if you don't mind sharing um let me get the book it's over here right so she says she wrote dear mentari thank you beyond words for your love for the course and support love andrea wow very very nice yeah. As, as well as the group picture, uh, I asked for a selfie with Caroline and Andrea. And when I when I took my selfie with Andrea, my hands were shaking so bad I could barely hold my phone. <laughs> so I asked her to hold my phone for me. Cute. She agreed to, which was it was very kind of her. That's brilliant. It's so lovely to hear that not only that the cause have helped you in times that haven't been so great, but that you were gifted the time to be able to tell them that. And then through her statement that she's written in your book, that's been reflected back to you where they've thanked you for your your fandom and your passion towards their music and stuff. So it's come full circle again. It's, that's really lovely to hear. Anything else you want to add from that experience, Patricia? Uh, I think the meet and greet was about seven or eight minutes. I mean, Matawi, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was not long or not longer than that, actually. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, definitely um, a lot less formal than the meet and greet that you paid for um, entirely last year with with the photo and stuff, yeah. um, and a lot more personal. So what? Yeah, it's, hopefully there'll be more of that to come in in the future. Giving the fans time to be able to, I guess, reflect back to them what their music has meant and and how it's helped all of us in in different degrees in different parts of our lives and how much joy it brings us on a daily basis is they need to hear that. Give us the space yeah. to do it. Come on, they need to hear that. Just give us the space to do it and we'll do it. One by one in a big in a big long line. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't say that to them because I was so nervous. But I said to them, I wrote a fan letter because I can't speak now. And I mm. hope they, they read my letter. So yeah. I I wrote all of all of it in there to be yeah, what it means to me. But I was so nervous I couldn't say anything. So yeah. <sighs> Sheila, I know that with the the Book of Dreams, you also had messages from other people on social media asking you to fill out pages for them. Is that correct? That they could then have something that they that would then be handed to the band from them. Is that what happened? Yes. Um, actually, um, we just asked the concert goers first to write on the Book of Dreams, and before we give it to Paul. It was our turn to write. We we kind of like um, we closed the we closed the line for the public, and then after that 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 was our turn to write. But um, basically, most of the messages were written by me on behalf of them as well. But they also wrote their messages on them. Cool. That's really cool to hear. I just yeah, it, it brought that back to my mind because. It's fans sharing their love of the band and their thankfulness. And those that didn't get the the fortunate opportunity to meet them in person were able to do that via your fan effort. So yeah, well done again. That's incredible. 
thank you for sharing, Patricia. It was lovely to hear your story of everything that went on. And I guess I'm certainly not the only fan that congratulates you on having not only an amazing first gig, but also an amazing first cause gig and to also meet the band as well. Like dreams definitely do come true. And I I guess we can tell from what you've conveyed to us that you're not taking that for granted. And it's a moment that you are going to be treasuring for many, many years. That's true. Yeah, and so many fans. I mean, my my inbox exploded, you know, the day <laughs> after I posted the, the pictures with even fans who wrote that they celebrated for me because I got to meet them. It was so overwhelming. It's love towards me. Stranger, you know, just fan online. It's Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm just so happy to be a part of this fan base. Yeah. We're happy to have you and I'm honored to have you on CauseCast. So thank you. I guess the next gig we can definitely focus on is Brisbane. And who who might have attended Brisbane out of the people we have here on the show? I've got on my notes here that is more than likely Rachel and Wendy. Am I right? You are correct. You're right. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Again, thank you so much for staying up so late. I know that it's not particularly early in the evening. It's kind of early in the morning now where you are. But thank you again. I guess I'd love to go through the same set of scenarios and circumstances but for the Brisbane gig. Well, can I can I talk a bit about this one because Rachel went to quite a few other gigs that she'll be able that I didn't go to. So, and this is my home state. I think that both sounds unfair and fair at the same time. How dare you go to so many, <laughs> Rachel? But um, yeah, please do, Wendy. I think the other other people that have spoken so far, the other fans have definitely taken ownership. Um, Sheila and Mentari are from of their home countries in those gigs, and rightfully so, Wendy. Tell us Brisbane, what happened? Tell us tell us from day one. Well, let's go back to when they announced it. And it wasn't actually in Brisbane. It was in Sandstone Point Hotel, which was about an hour drive north of Brisbane. And so when they first announced it, um, I had a bit of a rant because sometimes Brisbane gets forgotten. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, Brisbane always gets left out. Um, you know, like <laughs> first world problems here. But um, the venue itself I'd not been to before, and it was really beautiful. It was a little bit like um, Hunter Valley last year in that it was outdoors. It was, um, you know, under the stars. But this was different because it was by the sea. It wasn't as big of a sort of field as Hunter Valley was. Um, But, yeah, the stage backed onto the sea, and, you know, there were, like, trees around with fairy lights and, um, it was a really warm day and then as it cooled down, it got really windy and cold. And um, so when Natalie Imbruglia was on, she was like, I feel like I'm in a Beyonce video because her hair was flying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, when the chords came on, again, because like Andrea has like hair extensions in this tour and mm-hmm. Sharon has long hair and their hair was like flying all over the place. <laughs> it was quite funny. And they were trying to like angle their head so that their hair was like, in the right direction according to the wind and um yeah again like mentari said they started it with with the same beginning that they did on say the lansdowne road concert and so that was pretty like spine tingling to see that and um i just want to thank rachel because she booked our tickets for us and she might be able to talk about this in detail further but she booked the tickets and got second row seats brilliant and um that was really special because when I was in Hunter Valley, I was in like the D section or something. So mm-hmm. I was like way, way, way back. Um, and Rachel's also very like opportunistic. <laughs> and 
And so at one point in the gig, there were maybe like three older people in the front row that clearly like had had enough of the cold and the wind. And so they left and Rachel was like, quick, let's get the seats. Like we'll, yeah. we'll leave them if they come back, but we'll, you know, we'll just mind them. And they never came back. So we ended up sitting front row. <laughs> wow. Towards the center. Acts are all wonderful, but when the chords come on, there's just something really special and magical. And I like to say that they must be 10% fairy. If they did a DNA test, there's got to be something supernatural in there because they just have something so magical. Yeah, and then it was like a, basically a full moon, I think. Um, oh, so at beautiful. one point on the yeah on the big screen, um, you know they had the moon like projected on there. And um, yeah, Sharon commented on it being windy at one point, and she, you know, so she's like, "Well, it's a bit windy up here." <laughs> Un- understatement. <laughs> and um, during um, No Frontiers, I think it was where her violin was hanging on the stand, and it was like the violin was waving back and forth in Whoa. the wind, and I could see her like grab it because she was a bit worried about it. It was really special being that close for me this time, and mm. again, being in my home state and um, under this big full moon by the sea. Um, yeah, it was a great adventure. Sounds really, really cool. And and equally different enough for it to be a new experience from, from seeing them again last year, as we heard so well on, on the last special episode we did. Yeah, absolutely. What were the major differences, I would say, musically between the two gigs for you? I did miss hearing Bring on the Night. Um, in Hunter Valley, you know, Bring on the Night has such a wonderful bridge section. Mm. Um, and so because they didn't play that this time, I did miss it, but so many of the songs was just so wonderful anyway. So, you know, I was, I was okay, but it would have been great to hear that again. It is different musically to sit so much closer to the stage. Mm. Um, you know, when you're further back, I try and take care of my ears cause I'm a musician too. And so I was, I was like, oh, should I have my earplugs in or not? And I still can't remember if I, I think I did take them out for the, for the show in the end. But, you know, I was a bit worried about like being so close to the speakers. But, um, yeah, well, it was funny because one of the Melbourne gigs, one of the, one of the security guards said um, oh, they didn't wear headphones because the cause gigs aren't as loud as like other gigs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think they were probably tighter in this gig than in Hunter Valley last year. I think there were a few bits last year where it was maybe a, li- a little shaky. Yeah, a little loose. I think that's what we discussed, right? Yeah, we yeah, discussed yeah. that there was there was definitely mistakes. Um, I don't yeah. think they had as much rehearsal time as they had, obviously, for this whole tour rather than a single gig. So th- I think that's to be expected. Yeah. yeah. And there were still mistakes. Like Andrea often gets lost in, in dancing around and having fun and then she'll <laughs> forget that she's got a plate in with her. But that's part of the fun. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Excellent. And, you know, they... Again, they all look so confident and they just look that, like they're having the best time. And, you know, someone said to me, oh, Andrea, she's like almost 50, isn't she? Like, isn't she almost too old to be doing that? I'm like, you should see her jumping around, spinning around on stage. Like, I would love to have her fitness level. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> totally. Um, Rachel, so this was the beginning of a fair amount of gigs for this tour for you. It was. It was this very start, so it was yeah. super, super exciting. Super exciting. Um, I was also so excited to see Wendy again because after the last year we met um, last year at the Sydney Meet and Greet mm-hmm. and Hunter Valley, and it's been basically a year of chatting between us and, and others yeah. as well. So it's to 
be together again for another clause concert. That was super exciting. And just to have someone to share it with. And we had a lot of fun and, you know, being outside again, it was, it was a fantastic venue. And as Wendy perfectly put it um, on the night, she said, it's Hope Estate by the Sea. And it was spot on. It was, it was exactly, it summed it up perfectly. So it was a beautiful spot. And, you know, we got there in the afternoon and we're there until, you know, after dark when it sort of started and it was just a, beautiful atmosphere with the fairy lights and it was the wind was it was it was really windy but it was actually pretty fun because it was it was kind of wild and it actually felt like ah this is so exciting and it was just it felt real you know like it wasn't it wasn't just in a perfect venue where everything was you know perfection it was you know uh yeah as Wendy said you know violins shaking on the (laughs) on the stands and hair flying everywhere and Andrea trying to play tune whistle with hair in her face. And it was just, it was just a really good reminder that, you know, we were there live and it was in the moment and it was fun and it was, yeah, it was, it was great. And it had been basically a year since you'd last seen them, right? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. So it was very, it was really exciting. Yeah. You made reference to our, our, our group chat since the last recording. Yeah. It's been, it's been a good year of chatting in that, in that group chat. It's been very cool. Um, it's been great to get to know you better. Everyone that's in there, including Francisco and Wendy and Rachel. It's yeah, it's been a cool little, uh, cool little click as we call it, to be able to enthuse about the band, um, uh, with a group of people that now hundreds of people have listened to on the original special episode we did for the last Hunter Valley gig. So very, very cool. And thank you for all of your input into that group chat. I enjoy it almost daily. So it's been good. It's been good. I've got on my list here, the next one that any of you went to would have been, is it Rachel on your own? You went to Newcastle, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I went to Newcastle. I actually, I hadn't booked that one actually. So when they announced the tour, basically, uh, I guess I've been a fan for a long time. So the last time I saw them in Melbourne was 2001. And Mm -hmm. I always promised myself if they ever came back, 
I would try and see as many shows as I possibly could. That was just a dream that I always had. Yeah. And I was going to do my best to make it happen. So um, I've got my own business and I've got two small kids. So it's, you know, I couldn't commit to everything, um, but I tried my hardest to get to everything. Um, Newcastle wasn't something I was planning and it was actually the morning of that I decided, yeah, I'm going to wow. go. So. <laughs> It was a spare of the moment um, opportunity when another fan offered me a ticket and it was way too good to pass up the opportunity. It was also a front row seat and so there was no question that I wanted to be there and it was about 10.30 in the morning. I decided, yep, I'm going and flight was about 1.30. So I still had my bag packed from Brisbane and I was like, (laughs) yep, off I go. (laughs) So as soon as I got there, I thought, yeah, of course I've made the right decision. There's no question about it. And it was lovely to spend time with Jess. Um, we had a great time. She had a friend nice. Cheryl there from Malaysia and we just, we had a ball. So very excited, amazing spot. And again, just to be there in that environment with everyone being so happy and it was just, yeah, it was great. I'm really glad you were able to catch up with Jess. She's a um, wonderful yeah, human great. being and hi, Jess. Um, I know you'll be listening to this episode and thank you for your encouragement and everything you've done uh, to support the show in the last couple of years. I don't think it would be quite the same without you. So thank you again. And uh, I can't wait to meet you in person, hopefully uh, a tour soon. Is there any sort of standout moments that you can recall from Newcastle that are worth mentioning? I can't think of any particular standout moments just from Newcastle because it's, I mean, it's all been fantastic for me. Like I haven't, people ask me to differentiate between the different concerts and I really struggle to find differences that are special, but it's, to me, it's all been fantastic. And I've just been really loving, like the radio intro has been awesome. Um, Don't Say You Love Me, of course, has been really good. Just everything's been great, but it's yeah, each, you know, each concert's been subtly different, but sure. all equally amazing. And are you entirely happy with the set list? Yeah, I, I would always be happy with anything. <laughs> yeah, I just felt lucky to be there, so I didn't mind what they play. Nice. I think that's uh, the perfect attitude. And I, I think you did yourself proud with the amount of gigs that you did attend. Just confirm for the listeners, how many gigs were you able to attend in Australia? Yeah, I was, I was very, very lucky to be able to see them six times in Australia. Incredible. Incredible. You've done yourself proud. It's just been a dream of mine since I was, you know, a child. So it's it's something that I felt that I had to to carry out my dreams yeah. and it's it was it lived up to every expectation. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. And I'm and I'm sure little you would be very thankful that you've made the effort. So that's Yeah, great. it was yeah. great. Yeah, excellent. Um just on the side, what do, what do your girls think about you seeing this band so much and going to these gigs? They were excited because they knew it, it makes me so happy and yeah. they love the music themselves and they know it and they they love the course too. So I think it's just I mean they've had they've heard the music since before they were born. So sure. it's just been part of what they've grown up with too. But it's very cute. So we went uh, we went on a boat trip in Melbourne. Some of the fans that I've been hanging out with, Francisco and Christine, we all went on a boat ride. And so my two-year-old, we're going down the river and we passed by the venue where they played in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And my two-year-old's yelling out, hello, course, hello, course, because <laughs> <laughs> she knew that's where they were playing. So it's super cute. And even today, driving past, she's saying, hello, course. <laughs> 
<laughs> so she knows. It's very sweet. Even my daughter was asked today, she had she has this special share time she does for school. And today was share your favorite song. And I didn't talk to her about it beforehand, but she told me after school and she said she selected, um, she said, my favorite song was Little Lies by The Cause. Wow. <laughs> and someone asked her, they said, oh, they said, oh, why, why do you like that song? What, and why did you choose that? And she said, because it reminds me of my mom and it makes, makes my mom mm. so happy. <laughs> and I thought that was super cute. I think there's a lot of um, very lasting generational love for this band. So, yeah, I'm glad yeah. you're, you're carrying on that tradition, it's which is lovely. Sweet. Very, very. I guess we should bring in another voice we have yet to hear from, which is Francisco, because if I got it correct that uh, Adelaide, uh, Rachel and Francisco, you were able to meet up after, after a year apart at the last gig. Francisco, tell us what happened and what was it like meeting Rachel again after, after a year and the build up to the Adelaide gig? Well, definitely. That was, that was a great moment. Uh, by the time that she told me, hey, I'm already over here, I just went down from my room. She was there. There was a big hug. There was definitely, definitely a great, great moment. So much, so much happiness around. And well, just something that really, really magic. I have to tell you that probably one of the things that the course have gave me is my friend from Australia. I love him so much. I love you so much, Wendy. Uh, I know you're, you're going to talk because right now we're talking about you and also, also Rachel and a couple of friends, Greg, Greg, which is also. Wonderful, wonderful guy that we have been just going around. But it was so cool. Let me share with you something that happens at Adelaide, something totally unexpected. Please do, please do. One of the things that course have given me is that, I mean, they are my travel agents, agency, because wherever they go, I go. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I try to do my best. But last year when they announced their only one night at Australia. I said, come on, guys, can you get a little closer? I mean, it's far away. It's going to be a big effort, but we were there. At the beginning of the, uh, on December, I remember I told Rachel, okay, Rachel, let's get the tickets, even though I, I'm not sure if I'm going. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big effort. It's a long distance. There's so many things, but at least let's have the option. So to have the option, we need to have the tickets. So we got the tickets. And I was just hanging around at Adelaide the day, the day prior to the concert. And then I, I really like to walk. I usually walk the cities. I think it's the best way to, to get in touch. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a girl dressing a dress like Sharon's dress. And I said, hey, look, that's, that looks like a Sharon dress. Then I saw her hair. And, and I said, hey, the kind of Sharon's hair. So I just <laughs> went to the crossing, crossing point. Then I turned right. And there was Sharon there. It's like, oh, I, 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 I wouldn't know. What? There was Sharon and also Andrea. I told them, hey, girls, you know, I'm a huge fan. Then she told me, oh, yeah, of course. What's your name again? I said, Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you're here. I remember you from Spain. I, I went last June to Sharon's concerts at Madrid. And I, I told them, hey, I don't want to be unrespectful at all. I know you are having your journey. I just get a, a, a selfie and I just like run away, like like <laughs> just to leave them in in their in their own space. Since they were having just, I, I believe, a special moment with uh, one each each of each other. So it, it was so, it was so totally unexpected. So it was it was so cool. And then I met I met Rachel at a hotel after that. I sent you the the, the picture of that day. I, it was so it was, like, it was very cool. I couldn't believe it. I was there. I was looking yeah. at the group chat and then this picture of Sharon came up. I'm like. 
how what? on earth has he done that <laughs> how has he yeah. how has he lucked out and made that work again so your eyes did not deceive you and i think that's paid off well so it's really nice and it was lovely to hear as you've just reflected um how you were so sensitive towards their time and just to you know, you don't want to hound them for autographs and pictures no. and et cetera, et cetera. Their time is their own. And you've got what I believe is what, three gigs to go to in Australia four. now. Four, sorry, yeah, four with the cup. Yeah, uh, yeah four gigs to go go to in Australia. Um, so you're going to have plenty of time seeing Sharon perform anyway. So, yeah, it's nice you just left them to it. And uh, as you said, ran away. You've got four gigs to go to, all of them with Rachel, correct? All of them with Rachel. One of the things that I can tell you is that my expectation was just to be at the concerts. No more than that. We received so much, like so much. I, I used to, to I, I told Rachel, hey, Rachel, don't worry. Universe will provide. I mean, universe will take care of everything. And believe me, what we received this time, I mean, it was just magic. I mean, the, it was, to be honest, it was too much. I mean, like, like <laughs> so much energy. <laughs> And one of the things that I really like about being in so many, so many concerts is that usually after the last concert, usually you feel kind of nostalgic. You feel kind of sad. You say, we, you, we don't know when it's going to be the next concert. So mm. when you have all of them like in a row, you really enjoy them because you say, hey, don't worry, there's going to be another one. We're going to so, do this again. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do this again, like tomorrow, like the day after tomorrow. So that really works. So you've got Adelaide, Adelaide. you've got uh, then Tasmania, Tasmania, Lancaster, and then you have two in Mel Melbourne. Melbourne, but there's two different in Melbourne. Ones, ones that right. are racist. Okay, Rachel, did you want to go through what it was like organizing to try and get to each of these gigs with other fans as well? I kind of just made my own plans, really, and we just met at each place. Because we just, yeah, we we didn't sort of plan to do it. We didn't travel together as such. We just met as soon as we got there. So that wasn't sort of as a planned thing as mm -hmm. such. Um, I flew between the different cities just because of my time and the distances in Australia are far. <laughs> so yeah. it's not not possible to to do anything else really. I did drive from Melbourne to Adelaide for, for the Adelaide concert just because I took my husband and my girls for that trip. Um, but the others we just flew between and um, met Francisco when we got there and Christine as well. She came on for a, all the Melbourne and Launceston concerts. She was our friend Lovely. from California. Yeah, she's amazing too. Hey, so, Christine. <laughs> and we just had so much fun together. Just The Cause fans that I've met over the years, there's just something special about these people. Mm. I can't put it into words, but it's just we just find this common common ground and we just have the best time and it's always positive and fun and exciting and it's just there's something really special about it so for me i think the the highlight for me of this whole time with the tour has just been sharing it with others and it's just it's yeah. really made it special and made it what it what it's been so it's it was just really exciting to share it and to 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 be able to do it together as as fans together yeah it, it just um yeah adds fuel to everything you already feel um i find when you're there at a gig you may meet somebody for the first time just in a queue or they're sat near you and then suddenly 
you're talking you you it's like you know each other because you, you you have exactly the same love it's like a family member you hadn't seen for ages and you're like oh hi and then you just click straight away you just love the same stuff and you're there for the same purpose so oh, it's great to hear really yeah, great to hear we were feeding off each other's enthusiasm so it was really it was fun it's very cool yeah for the little clips and stuff you were sharing on uh the group chat and social media and stuff it was great to see you all having so much fun sadly without me i was unable to attend on this tour definitely more in the future but um You'll be there for sure next time. Yes. You'll, be, you'll be there for sure next time. Yes, um, yes definitely. I we can't wait. Um, and which of the gigs, Wendy, were you able to attend with both Francisco and Rachel? Oh, with the two of them, um, the two gigs in Melbourne. Is there any um, highlights specifically from uh, Adelaide or Tasmania? I, I have to tell you, well, there was so much magic at, at Tasmania with, with Rachel. Everything everything began, and uh, we were just hanging around the city. We went to some really nice spots at Tasmania. But then we just get into a restaurant. Believe it or not, we were so excited because they were playing the course. Okay. One of them, I, I, I think, like, like give me a reason or something. But then they keep playing just the course, like for one hour and a half. Wow. That was like insane. Like we were saying, we were just about to leave. And then, they they breadless uh, started, and we said I I told Christine and Rachel, hey, we can live with breadless. So we just go all back to our seats and keep listening to the song. And then I told them, okay, let's go. Otherwise, we're gonna stay here forever. So the most important thing that happens at Tassi, I I love the way that that also says Tassi, it's that. I bought some flowers for them. You know, I'm the flowers guy. The last time I mm-hmm, gave flowers mm-hmm. to, to them. So uh, I got flowers for 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 a thing. Oh, I, I forgot a, a really important thing that happens in, in in Adelaide and also happens in 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 Tassie. It's that I said guapa to Sharon. Guapa means beautiful, beautiful lady in Spanish. And by the time that I said guapa, she answered guapo. And she also said Francisco, my name all aloud. It was like almost like so I gave the flowers to her. Like I just put them like right in front of, of, of the stage. But at the end, at the, at the really end of the concert, just before they start singing Runaway, I just throw the flowers to the to the scenario and also for Caroline. And by the time that she came back. Andrea saw the flowers, like really surprised. There's a video of that. I love that video. She saw the flowers. She took the flowers. Then Runaway started playing by Sharon. And then she started go dancing, like rolling with the, with the, with the flowers. Three, 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 three twins. It was such a delightful moment. One of my, definitely my top favorite of the course, Oliver. And yeah, that happens at Tassie. And. Well, it was just so magical uh, at that point. To have that fan interaction, even at the front of a stage of thousands and thousands cool. of people, is is tricky. Um, so I'm really glad you got those few moments. And well done on being the flower guy again. That's good. <laughs> and there is one last thing that happened, and, and we repeat it at Melbourne twice. So for that venue, I got my one speaker. Believe it or not, it passed security. So at the end of the concert, when everybody is, okay, it's already done, so we used to put the speaker really loud with the course music. 
So everybody goes around with us, walking by the street on the way out. So we were sang- <laughs> we were singing breathless, we were singing Runaway, we were wow. singing all the love in the world. I, I mean, the, the, there's videos of that. So everybody's it's like having a party after the concert. And it was just such a great, I mean, the speaker idea, believe me, is the most wonderful thing. I, I will, I will do that in every concert I go for now. So that really, that really works. That's really cool. That's a good way of, uh, yeah, amassing a crowd for a sing along. That's the best way Absolutely. of starting it, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, that's great. Okay. Shall we move on to the Melbourne gigs? Wendy, please give us your take on, on how you met the others and what it was like to finally be with the others from the group chat in person. Um, and attending yet another cause gig together. So I flew to Melbourne from Brisbane on the Monday afternoon and um, Rachel and Francisco were, were already at the Rodland Arena. And um, so I went and met them there. Um, Rachel originally booked the tickets and, and so there were Rachel was in the front row with um, her daughter and Francisco and I were in the second row. And um, I got there and they had these kind of spooked looks on, looks on their faces and they said, we're going to meet the course tonight. What? I went, what? <laughs> and the funny thing is that I'm normally quite a anxious person, but that particular day, like it was the end of a big work project for me the day before. And, and you know, it was the first day I felt I could sort of relax and like a boy dried my hair, which also makes me feel a bit more relaxed. And um, so I wasn't, I was just going with the flow at this point. And um, yeah, they were like, yeah, we'll tell, we'll tell you outside. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I'll, I will let you, Rachel let, tell you how she was invited backstage. But, um, yeah, so we were all, you know, we missed half the, you know, support act because we were, we were outside the main um, concert venue sure. sort of working out our strategies and doing everything we needed to do before, like, meeting side of stage. Rachel, tell us how you scored this meet and greet, how you were able to announce to Wendy, who just flown in, that you were going to meet the cause tonight. Tell us that. And then we'll go back to Wendy for the details from there on. Okay. So it was it was very exciting. Um, just a message came through on my Instagram and it was a message from Jim and he said, I'm trying to get you into the meet and greet tonight. And so it was, yeah, it was I was shocked to see that message and just very excited. And I wasn't sure exactly how it had come about that he'd sent me this message. Um, but I had written a comment on his post. He he did post a photo at the Melbourne venue and it was just, you know, when he'd arrived, it was empty stadium and it said, calm before the storm. Mm. And so I just wrote a, a little sentence that said, it's been a dream come true to see you, um, you know, a few times this week, but tonight's going to be extra special because it's my city and so excited to have you back in my city and just wish you all the best. And it possibly could have been that. So yeah, maybe I'm take that. That's what it was. <laughs> um, anyway, because, you know, as I said before, it's just spending this time with, with Francisco and Wendy and Christine also, we'd basically spent the whole week together doing, you know, the concerts, but also just having the best time, you know, going for lunch, drinks after, you know, just spending the whole time together being, being together. Um, so when I got this message from Jim, I thought I'm going to really push my luck, but I'm going to ask if my friends can come too, because if I had have just gone by myself mm. without Wendy, without Francisco and without Christine, it just, it wouldn't be the same. And I would have felt bad and it just, 
you know, I needed them to be with me because it was, we were, we were in it together. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote back and I said, I know I'm really pushing my luck, but I would love for, for these guys to join me because they love you guys as much as I do. And this would mean the world to them. And so he wrote back and he said, sure. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> so it was for me, for me being able to tell them individually, like, guess what, guess what we're going to do <laughs> and, and tell them what that we're going to meet our favorite band. That was for me, that felt really exciting because it, it was just as exciting for me as I knew that it would be for them. So mm. I really enjoyed that moment of, of being able to share that we were going to have this amazing opportunity to, to say hi and thank them personally. So that was, that was that was really cool for me. Thanks for sharing, Rachel. It's, um, yeah, what, a, what, what, the, what are the chances? That's so cool. So cool. Well done. Well done. Wendy, we've, we've had, we have the inside information. Um, let's pick back up where, where you left off. Yeah, so we went by the stage, I think it was about 8.50, and they were meant to play at 9.30. And um, so we were waiting by the side when Natalie Brilli was playing. And, and the funny thing is that um, there's a famous Australian comedian and actress called Magda Shabansky, and she just sort of walked past us. And, and I was, like, filming Natalie Imbruglia while Magda Shabansky kind of walked underneath <laughs> my phone. And then Christine from, from L.A., I think she didn't, know who magna was and then we told her and then she was like oh sorry i didn't realize you were someone famous anyway so we're, we're waiting um at the side for it felt like quite a while and rachel was really nervous um i was i was kind of, sort of surprised because rachel's met them a few times before but for some reason this particular night yeah rachel was definitely like oh my gosh and um for some reason i was just like i, I think on some level i was expecting it wow <laughs> like, i wasn't surprised that i wasn't <laughs> I wasn't surprised. I was like, I know, I just, you know, you just never know. So, um, and I was like writing notes in my phone of what I wanted to say. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then they let us backstage and, and we waited in the corridor for a bit and Keith Duffy was there. So Francisco yelled out, Keith Duffy. And then I happened <laughs> to see, um, the pianist who played for Tony Childs. He's a singer songwriter called Mark Schultes and he's from, um, Queensland. And I've, met him before at like songwriting workshops and um so I was like Mark Schultz and then I you know I was like we're just about to meet the course and anyway I don't know what happened after that but then we were like led down this little corridor into this larger room and in there was um uh is it John Giddings or Giddens is he the tour manager uh yeah 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 and um a few other people and it was actually quite a big space and then I was expecting there to be some sort of order or someone in control or taking charge of things. And there wasn't, and then you could, there were two like little rooms off to the side and Rachel was sort of saying, Oh, there's the course kid sitting in there. And then um, somehow I was somehow chatting to Anto. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. And then Jim, I think someone called out Jim and he came out and then um, Sharon and Caroline walked in. And so I met them last year at the VIP event, but they mm -hmm. were on a stage. So yeah. when they're on a stage, you, you're like, okay, there they are. Like, But when they just walk in, I was actually like taken aback of how tiny they are. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've met them before it's, and, and like how, you know, beautiful and tiny they are. I was like, <gasps> okay. And so they wandered in and then I think they were all, as I expected, they would be um, mesmerized by Rachel's adorable little girl who came with us he was wearing a little vintage cause t-shirt and a little sparkly skirt 
and so they just loved her and um Cute. yeah it was, but it was all just sort of like a little bit chaotic and and I just assumed at some point someone would get the course together and we'd all get the photos with them but it was just kind of all over the place and, and um so Sharon was sort of saying oh so you, you know each other because I think she recognized Francisco again and and that's when I said yeah we met each other last year at the VIP event and we we're now in a WhatsApp group and we talk to each other pretty much every day and I said and, and Simon's in the group who, who runs the course cast and I was saying this to Sharon and I'm like <laughs> do you know that podcast and she's like oh no and then I was saying oh Simon's this guy in the UK and during COVID he wanted to listen to a a course podcast but there wasn't one so we he decided to start his own and he started interviewing people and then and she was like listening intently and then I think Caroline was over to one side and she's like oh do you mean the course cast no way <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that's how it went Rachel was there. the personalities that we get from them on video was the same backstage so Sharon was like in business mode like she's like mm-hmm. you know if you if you want any photos you better get it done now because we're already running late and we've got to get on stage and <laughs> Caroline was kind of chilled and Andrea was just like smiling, but sort of like her mind was definitely elsewhere. So, so yeah, I remember like Caroline and Sharon wandered in and then Sharon was mentioning photos and I was like, oh, should we get Andrea? Because she wandered across to the other side of the room. And I think that's when Sharon said, oh, we've got to get going. So, mm. so, so that's made, made me realize like, oh, this is a bit like, we just got to take this chance and yeah. ask for photos. <laughs> no one's in charge here. Um, yeah, so it was all a bit random. Like, I don't know who was taking photos of who, but we were just grabbing photos with them randomly. And then um, I said to Andrea, I, I said, oh, hi, I met you last year at the VIP event. And I said that was the best day of my life, but this kind of surpasses that. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> at some point, oh, yeah, Francisco had given them flowers again. And at some point I was taking a photo of Andrea with someone else and I ended up with Andrea's rose and then she was getting a photo with someone else. So, so I'm just like casually like, oh, Andrea, here's your rose back. And, nice. Um, and, and then I, I was like, oh, I know I'm not going to get a photo with Andrea unless I just like go up to her. And I'm like, Andrea, can I just get a selfie? And she's like, you know, she just like automatically does it. And I think I said, oh, I play tin whistle because of you. Like, I'm sure Cute. a million other people have said that as well. Um, yeah. And then they took a few bunch of a few photos with other people and, and then they had to head off. Um, so it was all like, a bit of a blur but yeah like how amazing is that super magical <laughs> super magical thanks yeah. for thanks for being such a, a wonderful <laughs> advocate for for the show it's uh yeah it's it's a bit surreal to hear the words cause cast come out of uh caroline's mouth but um <laughs> yeah certainly not a bad thing and um as i'm sure they're aware they are more than welcome to discuss anything to do with their careers and specifically forgive not forgotten anytime they want anytime they want <laughs> um rachel how was the meet and greet for you as wendy said i was pretty nervous um not only because you know you're about to meet you know people that you've really admired for many many years but i also had my five-year-old with me and mm. for anyone who has kids five-year-olds are pretty unpredictable and i was just not wanting anything to happen to spoil this moment because yeah. you know this is something that you dream of uh, being invited backstage is like unreal but you know five-year-olds can change things in an instant just because they do what they do <laughs> so I was just hoping that it would go well and she wouldn't you know do anything silly or anything like that so <laughs> anyway it was um yeah it was basically as Wendy said it's just you know, it was a big open space and there were quite a few people in the room it was 
pretty chaotic because you know they're about to perform probably their biggest gig of the whole tour maybe mm -hmm. 15,000 people sold out yeah. in Melbourne so it was you know understandable that things were busy and and rushed and things like that but to be in that space with them was amazing opportunity um I really don't feel like I was able to say what I wanted to say mm. I think you know nerves and just the the chaos of the moment took over it would have been nice just to sort of be able to really reflect on what I wanted to say properly but I think it was more just you know oh, I hope you're having a great time and it's great mm. to be here and have a great show and just that sort of thing so I mean they were wonderful to talk to and very personable and and warm and you could tell that they were, were excited about the tour and enjoying themselves and and that was enough for sure. me it was yeah it was really good yeah with a five-year-old in in tow very which it's lovely to share the moment with but your mind has to be preoccupied on on them and their care and 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 what they're what they're doing in in the room they had you know like they had a little bar set up with drinks and snacks and, you know, I'd look over and I would see her like running up to the snacks and I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> and, you know, she was like crawling under the coffee table and <laughs> just, yeah. Cool. It's, yeah, it all happened very quickly. and But it was, you know, to That's be cool. able to have had that experience, it was, yeah, it was great. I just wish I hadn't been able to tell them um, how much they mean to me and how, you know, how special the music's been to me over all these years. And how much do they mean to you and how special has that music meant? What would you have said? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot, Simon. <laughs> Correct. No, look, it's just I've been trying to put it into words and I find it actually really hard to put into words because for me, I started following them in 1996. So I was 11 years old or 10 years old at the time when I started following the cause. And for me, it's just they've always been part of my life and through all different things have happened through my life. They've been sort of always there in the background and it's just been, you know, I can always put the music on and it just changes the way I feel. And it's, yeah, it's just something that's, I don't know, personal to me that it's, when I put play their music, it just makes me feel, I don't know, maybe like, like the old days and the new mm -hmm. days and everything that's happened in between. And it's just been, they've always just been there. So it's, it's hard to put into words. I think you've put that very aptly. Thank you very much for sharing. And something something I felt in the Melbourne concert, it was it was just I was reflecting on the the fact that I was in the same space, in the same seat pretty much. I had front row, you know, 22 years ago, um, mm. in the same seat, same arena, same opening sequence. And it was just, it was, I was thinking of myself back in those, you know, 22 years ago it's still in that sort of frame of mind of loving the band and it was yeah it was interesting to to think of all of those years gone by but still mm. come back to the same place wonderful wonderful thank you um francisco how did you find this meet and greet well definitely it, it, it was I, I would say as i said it before totally unexpected so Andrea Cole was stunning with that silver dress that I really loved. So she was she was really really pretty. Uh, by the time that I I went in, and there was Sharon there. I mean, just just for you to think about it, I have give flowers to Sharon a lot of times at Scotland, at Madrid, at she's the one that I have followed the most. And she just saw me and said, "Hey," she said, "Guapo, Francisco." 
He you are again. <laughs> she said like again. <laughs> it, it was it was so funny to hear that again. I said like yeah yeah yeah. So we got some cars and everything. So I, I really wanted to have as 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 mentari my my book signed by Andrea. So I went by her and and she told me, hey Francisco, did you throw the flowers at 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 Tassie? And I said yes. And she said I knew it. So she wrote me down. I'm gonna show it to you. She so she puts thanks for the support and the flowers. You see there, the flowers. So it was it was it was really really cool. Beautiful. Yeah. So so we definitely had so so much great time. Also also to be able to, to speak with Jim, to be speak to, to with Kid, which is such a great guy. Also with Anton Rinen. I told Anton how special it's for me to hear that solo on Queens of Hollywood. I mean that's the solo guitar. I, it, it's a moment that I, I just say, okay, no more chords for now, just that guitar just, because it's yeah. such great. I mean, it's a great, a, a great part of the song. Uh, I, I let him know that I really, really appreciate that. So it was definitely, definitely a great moment over there to have Ruby in there, like just hanging around with the with the topic, with <laughs> with, the, with the kids. It was, it was, it was such great. But let me share two more things about that. Really getting close with this with this specific moment. First is that uh, we were talking with, with Greg, with Christine, with Rachel, that on this on this vinyl, we were about to give flowers to the German sisters. They were so happy. We, we gave them some some of the really, really nice, nice bouquets to them. And it happened something that I'm going to let Rachel to, to share that with us because it happens with Ruby. Uh, it happened specifically with Tony Childs, something that was... Definitely magical. And uh, well, you're going to hear it from her. Okay. So um, Tony Charles was one of the support acts. And typically during her set, she would do a little wander through the audience. And so for the Melbourne night, it was extra special. So Ruby, my five-year-old, was sitting next to me in the seat and Tony Charles comes wandering through the front row. And she has his, she has his song and it's, the words, I can't think exactly what it is. It's something like, you are beautiful, you're intelligent, you're intelligent, gorgeous. gorgeous. And she was literally standing in front of Ruby and she was singing straight to her. And it was very, oh, like, wow. it was, it was very, very special because she was just looking at her and singing these words. And Ruby was just looking up at her with these amazing, like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was a very special moment. Beautiful. I would say that was a blessing. I told Rachel, Rachel, Ruby is just, by the way, it's, it's her birthday today. So it, it was a blessing that she received. And it was it was such, such a great thing. And for me to close with Melbourne, well, not to Melbourne, but at least with this, with this specific concert, is that uh, after the concert, we have a meeting with, with Wendy at, at Rachel's house. Rachel have the most 
amazing course collection that I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a good collection, but the one that you have with newspapers, magazines, the, the first program from the blue, I mean, the, the, she has wonderful things like from 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it, it was really, really great. And from the first at Adelaide to Melbourne to to Lansazon, one of the dreams that we have all around, which is that I love about Australia, is the Caps app. The Caps app is the Cabernet Sauvignon. So we I love mm -hmm. to ask for that. So we, we've got <laughs> a lot of Caps apps all around. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the Caps app. Yeah. We have a lot of Caps app. And yeah, but basically, I would say uh, that happens with the Melbourne and stuff. That's a, that's a great summary of, um, yeah, just little anecdotal moments that really made the, the gig different and special to you all. So that's great. Thanks for sharing. Was the Melbourne Cup gig after the Melbourne gig then? The day after. Cool. Then I have, I've got my timeline right. I'm not going mad. This is good. So I guess that brings us around to the final gig for Australia before mo they moved on to New Zealand, which was the Melbourne Cup. I have to say the video and the audio I've heard from this gig, for some reason, is just tremendous. It's come across in such a, a vibrant, fun, it just seems different. It might just be because it was a, a daytime gig I don't, and it was a shorter set, so they had more energy. I don't know, but that's, that's my experience of it. For those of you that were there, tell me, what, what was this gig like? I'll start because I got there first. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, so for those overseas, the Melbourne Cup is it's a horse race basically, and in Melbourne they take the they, it's a public holiday. Um, and I would just say I was not sure whether or not to go because I'm not really for horse racing and gambling. Um, so I was really torn about this one, but I thought it's the last chance I'm going to see them for a long time mm -hmm. and um i just thought if i just don't go anywhere near the horse racing and just stay at the gig maybe that'll be okay um so yeah it was kind of like if you bought a general ticket you could go in and um it was actually a really beautiful like park area with trees and rose gardens and and the melbourne cup is also the sort of thing where people dress up like to the nines with fascinators and hats and um that you know they, they had lots of like pastel kind of I don't know signs and buildings around with like greenery so it was a, it was like something out of a fairy tale <laughs> and, and so it took it took us a little while to find each other and Rachel said oh can you get to the stage and, and you know secure a spot and I found the stage <laughs> and I'm like there's no one else here <laughs> wow it was, it was like, spot secured when I got there, yeah <laughs> when I got there there was like a DJ playing and then they stopped and there was like basically no one at the stage and um and it was a really hot day so I was like I had you know put my hat on so I just thought I'll just stand here anyway we ended up finding each other and went back to the stage and um we grabbed onto that front railing and we held up the deal <laughs> like right right in front and and actually some people came in and tried to like get between like I was standing next to Francisco and yeah, so people actually tried to cut in and said, can we get in here? And we're like, we've been waiting here for hours. So, yeah, we and any of us that, like, wanted to go to the, like, toilet, we, you know, we'd very, we'd hold onto that railing and, like, spread out so that no one would take us spot because it was all standing room. Um, so, 
the first act on was uh, Australian rock singer called John Stevens and his band. And let me say, it's a very different act to the cause because he's all about like rock and roll and <laughs> and um, re- um, rebellion. And, and it was a hot day, so he would be like drinking water and then like flushing that out over in, into the crowd and on himself oh, wow. and like throwing bottles around. And then there would be a like a stage guy running after him with like a towel and like wipe up the stage and, and all the wiring and everything so that nothing would, no one would get electrocuted basically. And um, yeah, so, so we stayed there through through his performance, and then you know he finished, and all the crowd sort of dispersed again. And then um, yeah, Keith Duffy was there, so so you know early, so we were like Keith, and he came and chatted to us for, I reckon probably like half an hour, maybe if it, was, it seemed like quite a long time, and um, yeah, got to say say to him, you know, he's looking really healthy and. Asked him how if the wind affected his playing up in Sandstone Point, but he said not with him because he was a bit further back. And yeah, we had a really good chat with him. And um, yeah, so it was such a really relaxed gig. Like Andrea was doing more um, improvisation, I think, than she had in the other gigs. Like mm. little bits of little vocal improv that she doesn't do as much. And like really, like her little melodic licks are really sophisticated and really cool. Yeah, and it just seemed like they were just all like having fun and were relaxed, and it was daytime and casual and um, not casual in terms of dress, but yeah, I guess, yeah, because it was the last Australian show, and yeah, it was just like really, really fun. It was really, really fun. And, you know, everyone in the audience was just like having a blast and singing along with most of the songs. And I must admit, like, when Runaway came on, I did cry. <laughs> <laughs> When everyone started singing, because you could see that Andrew was like still moved by it when everyone sung with her, and because we stayed all stayed up the night before, like after the previous Melbourne gig, chatting like I was a bit tired, but yeah, I, I definitely got emotional <laughs> during Runaway. Um, yeah, and it was just the best. We had the best day, and it was Rachel's birthday, which was extra special. It's a very a very cool birthday present to yourself to be able to see the cause live. So that's very cool, and what a gig! From what I heard, like I said, it just sounded incredible. What do you put that down to, Rachel? I think it was um, Francisco saying that the universe would provide <laughs> that we just would let everything fall into place and it was like the end of everything and it, everyone was just on such a high we were all in the best mood and it was my birthday and it was fun and it was it was a standing gig so I think that's always as you said Simon it's it's always mm. to me it's more fun because you don't have to worry about people behind you and you just have fun and it was yeah the atmosphere was it was fantastic actually I was actually before before the gig I was wondering if how it would be to be I mean it wasn't necessarily cause fans coming to the gig so I was wondering what sort of reception they would get and how it was going to go and it it was it was great it was so much fun and it was yeah the the crowd the energy was really exciting and I think it, we were just all so happy to be there and it was a beautiful afternoon and you know warm and it was yeah it was great. Anything to add, Francisco? Well, definitely. I have to remark that really important thing. It was Rachel's birthday, so we got, we got a couple of bottle of wine. It was so much <laughs> fun all around. Of course, what a way to celebrate your your own birthday. One important thing about the venue is it was not a full concert. The, the full concert had 21 songs. This one had only 14. They skip some of them. They skip also, you know, when they just say goodbye, they go backstage and they go back. They skip that part. They went directly to their 
to run away and breathless and tons of failures. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was like really, really fast. One really important thing that we love it is that when Andrea started the, the tour, she were barefoot and she did it this time too at the, at the, <laughs> yeah, you remember that inventory? You remember that for sure? So it happens also at the, at the Melbourne Cup. And it was it was it was really great. And as as a foreigner, I can tell you probably Wendy and Rachel are, my, are get they already get used to that, but definitely not for me. I mean, they they really do the stuff. I mean, they really get dressed up for the for the Melbourne Cup, like in a really fancy dresses. The girls all around, and they told me that that's the way it started. By the end of the night, everybody's kind of drunk, like <laughs> the star, like singing, singing in, in, in the train. And on the way back, there were some, some, some people like having a great party, like right in there. Also, of course, with the, with the speaker, with the course, uh, all around. It, it was definitely a, a really, a really way to just to, to end, end the road. And I, we're going to continue, I guess, uh, just to, to tell some about the New Zealand stuff. But I can tell you, it was really hard for me because it was a decision not to go to New Zealand mm. because I prefer to stay at Melbourne and probably one of the best decisions. I had such a great time with Rachel, such a great time with Greg. I mean, ju just to go a little farther, it was really hard this time. It was really hard to say goodbye. I'm a, mm. my, my heart was heartbroken. So to say goodbye at the airport, it was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to. It happens the same for Wendy. Wendy said, I want to stay here, right? I so much didn't want to go that I was late to the airport <laughs> and actually missed baggage check-in by one minute, but they so they had to do it manually. That's how much I didn't want to leave. <laughs> Francisco, you mentioned uh, Greg. I just want to say hi, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Greg. <laughs> Hello, Greg. Greg is another cause fan we met at the VIP night in Sydney last year, so that's where Francisco, Rachel, Greg, and I all met at the That's VIP. So cool. Actually, after the VIP, yeah. Could I add two more things about the Melbourne Cup event? Please, oh, sure. please do. So when we were chatting to Keith Duffy, somehow I, I said to Keith, uh, Francisco's move is to follow the cause around the world and buy them flowers. And Keith says, it's a good move. <laughs> 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 and... Um, the second notable thing from the Melbourne Cup gig was that you could see Caroline and Andrea's kids side of stage when we were watching them on stage because we we're so close. And it was actually really nice to see Caroline's daughter like really grooving out to the band playing. Wow. Because sometimes kids, yeah, sometimes kids don't like the music that their parents play. Sure. Um, but yeah, she was really getting into it. So that was like really great to see. Let's keep it in the family. The next generation of the cause, please. Thank you. That'd be great. They've got enough musical influences there. I just want to say one last thing. In reading the reviews of the concerts, every review I've seen has just been really positive, and mm -hmm. um, because they were just amazing shows. But a lot of the reviews called it '90s nostalgia, and I just want to say I have some of an issue with that because nostalgia suggests that you know, it was something that you used to know and then you forgot about it and then you came back to it. And I think for all of us, like we've thought about the cause and listened to the cause and talked about the cause, like for all these years, like it, for us, it's not nostalgia. It's, it's ongoing. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. I like that comment for us. It's not nostalgia. 
that kind of concludes the parts of the tour that everybody here went to as such. Obviously, the cause went on to do Auckland and Christchurch in New Zealand. Um, Francisco, I think maybe rightly didn't go and had some a great time hanging on in Australia instead. The set list weren't changed on those gigs, but hey, I know a few people that attended and they enjoyed them and they were amazing. I think seven time zones was enough. I didn't invite anybody else on uh, to discuss their experience in New Zealand. But if you're listening, please feel free to reach out and tell us what that experience is like and we'll share it and um, congratulate you on, on seeing the gig yourself. I guess it's worth us just touching quickly on, because I know the time is ticking and it's getting very late in some places. There's definitely a bit of feedback that maybe there was too many support acts. And I just wondered, I uh, wanted to get the floor open to see if anybody had any comments about that, whether or not they, they did, maybe there was too many supports before the cause came on. What were your thoughts? I don't want to incriminate anyone, but it was someone close to the band that said that to me, who, who actually felt there were too many support acts okay um you know it did feel like a little too many because it ended up being quite a long night I saw all the support acts in Sandstone Point um but in Melbourne for example I I sort of came just before Natalie and Brulia played but I'm interested in hearing what the others thought yeah what uh Patricia what did you think obviously it's your first live gig so I guess you get to see more people but then you also had the meet and greet so you kind of missed some of it as well so yeah yeah, I actually couldn't see the Tomain sisters because Matari and I had to go out quite a few times, as I mentioned, so I, I missed them. I could see a bit of Tony Child, um, but yeah, and of course a bit of Natalie, but mm-hmm. yeah, for me, yeah, too many because I had to wait so long to see the course. So yeah, I mean, I was at the venue like at 5 or 5 30 p.m i had to wait so many hours to, to see the course so it was mm. yeah i just feel that they don't really need um so much support acts they don't need it or maybe not anymore i don't know if it was what it was like back then if they had so many supporting acts but yeah it was it was a bit weird i i felt like they they could do just with natalie yeah, I've definitely been at cause gigs where there's been no support. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been at cause gigs where there has been a smaller support act, but not like doing a full set. It would be maybe a half an hour just to drum the crowd up, make sure everybody's got their drinks, everybody's ready to listen to some music and have a great night. But having three support acts doing a longer sets just seemed, yeah, I was definitely questioning that myself. And obviously I didn't experience that. But yeah, Sheila, what did you think? in your country was there too many supports or was it are you glad to see these other acts perform for the first time there or um for that actually we didn't go inside the the inside immediately so we just like on the first night we just came in when it's already the hard nice so we can with the we were outside and we were we were you know we were welcoming the concert on the, the first night i missed the we met the support so immediately when we came in it's already caroline caroline's yeah. uh, turn but in the second night that that was when i saw a little bit of turning but i wasn't able to start it as well because the night before i 
I saw them at the exit and I I asked for a photograph. So I was like a little bit shy. Like <laughs> I didn't watch you, but then I asked for a photograph. So the next night that was I I thought maybe I'm gonna try to wash wash their their music is good actually. Mm-hmm. But in I think in terms of have having an opening act, someone like Natalie Robleya, it's nice. Like they're they're almost this it within the same generation of music and yeah. like kinda like the same bound. So I think it's okay. But if I think it's it's fine for them to have an opening act. Maybe if they're not gonna take too much of the time mm. of the concert. I think it's yeah. Mentari, what did you think of uh having support acts in Jakarta? Uh, we only like in like in the Philippines we only had Germain in Jakarta and they uh, they did a they did a really great job uh, you know getting getting the audience going and getting getting them in the right mood which was which was really nice and uh, uh, obviously uh, a lot of us weren't too familiar with their music but uh, but we did uh, but. I think they put on they put on a good show mm-hmm. for all of us like a like a warm up sort of sure. and I think I think one opening act was 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 pretty good but three I can see how it could be too many for some people with each of them playing a longish set so it, it was I I can I can see how some people found it too, too much since a lot of people most of most people were there for the course of course mm-hmm. and uh the wait I and I could I could imagine the wait being a little too long with all, with three supporting acts though though it's still it's still better than last year uh than last year in the valley because there were like what four five supporting acts back then <laughs> yeah i get why the why they wanted to include um all three supporting acts in their uh in the concerts of australia but i think a lot of people would would have preferred that if if they played shorter sets i think i, I think it's a decision by their promoters and right. i think it's one that yeah hopefully they'll hear that maybe yeah, hear the rumblings that maybe there's too many. Two, yeah, maybe at a push three or more. It's yeah, it just it just seems too many for me. Francisco, what did you what did what was your experience of the support acts? I know you you you're a fan of Jermaine anyway. I love seeing Jermaine live. I've seen them live a couple of times. Would would it have just been fine with just them as a support act? But I have to tell you, at least yeah, at least for me, I, I don't think they were support. For me, Natalie is also a main a main performer. So I mean, over here at Mexico, and also in the United States, Natalie is much more famous than the chorus. Yeah, totally. Okay? I mean, I we love the chorus, but Natalie is much more famous. So mm-hmm. to 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 have her over there, it was like okay, there are two main acts, okay, and then the Jermaine and then Tony Charles opening for them. So I love Jermaine sisters; they are so grateful. So to be honest, I would make it a double. But that's just 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 my case. I cool. I, I really like it. It's fine. So it, it it was and definitely Natalie was stunning. I mean, she was doing a really great great show. 
Yeah, I remember hearing um, Left of the Middle is the debut album, isn't it? I remember hearing that in the, the 90s and, and liking it then. I'd definitely, I'd definitely see it, but I don't know if I'd enjoy it as much if I, I'd want it to get out of the way so I can see the cause. So it's, yeah, I'd kind of, it's a, it's a shame. I, I'd probably want to see them separate, but that's my own preference. I think that really comes to the end of everything I have that I wanted to explore. Um, thank you so much to each and every one of you for taking the time and for accommodating each other in in our respective time zones. Seven time zones is a feat of madness, but I think we've basically done it, which is incredible. So well done to you all. And thank you for sharing and your honest, candid experiences of what it's been like to be a part of this tour and to see the band live, some for the first time, some for many it's it's been really lovely to hear and i i almost feel like i've been on that tour as well with you but maybe less wine i don't know i'd love if each of you because we might have listeners that want to reach out could share each of your social media and maybe maybe there's a shout out to other fans in your region you wanted to say hi to that may also listen to this we'll go in tour order because that's the order the cause chose to tour in mentari you can reach out to me on instagram where i'm always open to interact with course fans with fellow course fans with people in the community so my personal instagram handle is sandiastri so it's s-a-n-d-i-s-t-r-i and i also run an indonesian fan page called taman the course so it's t-a-m-a-n followed by the course to all my friends in indonesia my friends and fellow fans i won't mention any names because there are just too many of them but We've we've been waiting for the band for so many years, and it's been 22 years since they were here previously, and 10 years since Sharon performed in Jakarta, and now that we managed to to witness their greatness in person, and I wouldn't ask for any other person to spend it with. It was amazing. You guys were amazing. So thank you so much, and. Also, and I would like to thank Patricia for organizing the meet and greet in Perth. I couldn't thank you enough. None of none of that would have happened without your effort. And also, thank you, Rachel, for messaging me repeatedly on Instagram and for trying to call me. And sorry, I took it took me quite a while to finally get back to you all. But thank you so much. And to to the course community in general. I love you. This is the best fan community that anyone could ask for. And I'm so glad that you are in my life. Uh, Sheila? Hello. So my social media accounts, just follow at Sheila Oliveros. That's S-H-I-E-L-A-O-L-I-V-E-R-O-S. And that is actually my personal account. But I also handle the hardcore fan. Instagram is just new. And of course, please follow the course Philippi. And just would I would like to grab this opportunity to say hello to the course Philippines. Yen, Great, George, JC, RV, Chen, Hit, Clarita, Denise, Jane, Naya, Ellie, Camille, Len, Joy, and Jane. <laughs> it's a uh, it's what they come in the Philippines. Um, of course, thank you so much to the the whole course team for bringing the band in the Philippines and of course in 
Indonesia and in Australia and in New Zealand. They truly made so much to the band. And hopefully, we're going to see each other again soon. And thank you, of course, to Simon for having us here at the party. Thank you, Sheila. Um, and for every name you mentioned, hi, and thanks for listening. And yeah, it's so great we can contact you as part of the community. Thank you. Uh, Patricia. Okay, so yeah, I've got my fan page, um, Absolute The Course on Instagram. So it's like Absolute and underscore and The Course. So yeah, um, I have no private page. So whoever wants to contact me, um, just go ahead and feel free. Um, so I'm also in a in a WhatsApp group with uh, German fans who were so welcoming um, when I became a fan and I'm so grateful to be part of this um, group. So I just want to say hi and thank you to Yvonne, Jan, Corinna, Julia and Sina who are so close to my heart, who share things with me, send me things. And yeah, I just want to say thanks for them and to them. Thanks for sharing, Patricia, and uh, thank you for the encouragement of those German fans. We hear you, we see you. Thank you for listening, and we love you. Wendy, where can people get in touch with you? I'm on Instagram at Wendy Lang Music, W-E-N-D-Y-L-A-N-G Music. And I'd like to give a shout-out to um, two Brisbane friends who gave me a lift up to the Sandstone Point concert, and that is David McDonald and Matteo Grilli, and they're both Celtic fiddle players in Brisbane. David's very integral to the traditional Irish music scene here. Um, so it was wonderful. Like I, Even though I met Rachel at the concert, I got a lift up with them and back, and so it was really so much fun to um, talk about the Cause concert with them and, and introduce them to Rachel as well to have those worlds collide. And, yeah, just a big thank you to Rachel and Francisco who were both two of the most like wholehearted, generous people that I know, and also to you, Simon, as well. So it's been so wonderful to get to know you over this past year since since the concert last year. What an what an amazing ride! <laughs> Long may it continue. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, how can people get in contact with you? So I'm on Instagram as well. So my Username is Rachel Lewis Photography, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-I-S Photography, P-H-O-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. And I would like to say a special thank you to Simon, Francisco, Wendy, and also some other Australian fans. We've got Jess, Greg, and Leighton. And special thanks also to Christine from California. And it's just been such a pleasure to spend time with you all and to share this experience with you all. It's been just the best time of my life. You are more than welcome. You you bring a lot of joy and fan excitement with the years you've been loving the band um, to this whole environment and this group of people. So thank you, Rachel. Francisco, how can people find you on the socials? I'm on Instagram. My personal and dedicated account for the course is F-C-O-S-A-L-I-N-A-S-3, number three. And one of the great things is that community, course community, things really happen this time. So I got in touch by Sheila over here. She she said, hey, there, there is a girl called Renata that has something from the Fanatic course at Brazil. Can you take care of that and give it to the course? And I said... I, I, I just wrote back and I say, hey, I don't know if, if I can do that. I'll do my best. But I, I mean, 
they just she just told me hey you, you have much more opportunities so you can do it so what i answer to them is hey i, I can ask with ella your name because at at tassie rachel asked to ella and rachel gave to ella some stuff for them some some koala and, and, and a really beautiful letter with stuff and ella really took care of that she, she sent a confirmation that the, the package was delivered and when I get the, these things from, from Renata, after an hour, we got the news that we were about to have the meet and greet. And then I, I went to the meet and greet with the, with the letter and with, with the, 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 the bracelets and the stuff. I gave it to Sharon, since I know Sharon is, is really close to the fanatic course of Brazil. And I told Sharon, hey, Sharon, here you have, but hey, I need proof. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sharon go like that, like, okay. Take, take the photo. So I took the photo with, with the staff and with Sharon Core. And well, that was a confirmation that the package was delivered. So it's re really glad to have that. We also had in contact with a guy that I, I haven't met in person, but I know it, it will happen for sure, which is Alan Richardson. Alan Richardson came all the way from, from Ireland and he got a tattoo of them on, on, at the arm with some, some lyrics of, of, of the course. And definitely course community is something. Well, here we are, right? This course community. So it's something that it's, I, I would say there's a word that is common among all of us, which is love. So we really like this. We really enjoy it. And definitely we just spare good things all around. I remember one thing that just came to my mind. It happens, I think, probably Melbourne, yeah, where Andrea, say, Andrea Kors said, that really bad things are happening right now in the world, you know, all, all, all the bad things in, in Gaza and stuff. But she said, well, over here is not, so let's have a great time, let's have love, and let's pray for everybody that is out there that are not having the best time right now. So to share love, to share good vibes, I would say it's it's a one way to to give to others. That's a great sentiment to end on, Francisco. Thank you so much. And yeah, those those words from Andrea are definitely poignant at the moment. So it's definitely in everyone's mind. But I'll make sure that um, those details are below for each and every one of you in the show notes as well. So people can read the show notes and click the links if appropriate. Thank you so much, Simon. I I, I really appreciate what you do. I mean, all, all, all the course cast is something really, really magical. So there is no words for you, for us to thank you. This big effort that you're doing, I know you and Trulia enjoy it, but definitely you provide, you're providing to us a lot of happiness, great moments. And believe me, right now, just to go through all the stories is just a way like to leave them again. I am quite sure we are producing exactly the same chemical substances in our bodies right now that we had at the venues we had at Australia and definitely so much happiness all around. What a better way to relive those gigs and keep those memories fresh than have a recording of those sentiments, right? To listen back to and for others to share as well. So yeah, hopefully that will inspire others as well. That's, that's the intent and um, certainly my hope. I guess we have finally achieved the um, 
unachievable which is seven different time zones thank you so much for Yay. everybody's uh-huh. willingness um to stay up to get up early to move this to move that um you've all been very patient with each other to make this work um i didn't think it would work as easy as it has sheila thank you especially for you to to have to change venues to go and get a coffee to get <laughs> this course cast episode is somewhat sponsored by starbucks this time so cool thank you for that that's really kind of you to move you've made it uh especially special to be here thank you everyone especially to those in australia who stayed up late for this thank you thanks so much everyone it was really fun thank you simon for organizing all this thank you bye bye everybody bye bye good night bye thanks so much everyone thank you so much for those that have listened this far and relived the experiences with us thank you for listening as always you've been listening to course cast